merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. the lollipop guild how is that seasonal we are the lollipop guild the lollipop guild we wish you merry christmas we wish you merry christmas i what is your favorite christmas carol bill oh shit you know what must be god rest you merry gentlemen because it seems to be the people when do covers of that well i guess not it's usually classy a classy version man yeah well it's all kind of like in minor so what minor notes and stuff it's kind of a spooky song yeah I think my favorite Christmas Carol is uh, uh, Good King Wenceslas. Which one is that? Good King Wenceslas looked out oh, it's a from the east song. of Stephen yeah, as the snow good. lay round about cold crisp and even brightly shone the that's a good one. Any, though it, the wind blew cruel. Hold on. When he saw a woodsman there he began to drool. Wenceslas was gay, and he loves those big burly guys. In why, the Bill? He let's rewind. Cool. Let's rewind. I love this beloved Christmas song. I love. God rest you, gentlemen. Your penis in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast, where Bill slowly destroys all of the. Christmas. I just said. I'm just showing whoever sexualize my beloved Christmas song. My mouth is a parking lot for men's genitalia. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Annie. <laughs> I'm trying to ruin the meaning of God resty Mary Jill. What the hell's it called? All I know is the melody. I'm not gonna. There's too many syllables. I'm not gonna allow you to talk about this anymore. Was it Rusty the Snowman? <laughs> I was uh, listening to Christmas music on the um, while I was working this week. Spoilers, guys! This is our Christmas podcast, <laughs> and I don't know how lapsed to Catholic I have to be before I cry at Christmas hymns. I can't remember which Christmas hymn it was. Not Christmas hymns are different than from uh, Christmas songs, right? No, not as. I just had to get that out. I've been holding that in for hours. Um, No, I no, they're like there's some crossover, but like there are just some classic Christmas. Like hymns. Now I can't think. Hymns are what you sing in church, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, like things like Silent Night. You know, yeah. you sing in church. And Silent like, Night is the shit. There are a lot of Silent really... Night's played out, but it's also the shit. There's a reason uh, see, why it's I played cannot out. say any Christmas music is played out because I just fucking love all Christmas yeah. music. Yeah, I I am not cynical about it. You know it. what? John Williams wrote a song called "Star of Bethlehem" for the Home Alone soundtrack, which is that's also a good kind of like hymn, kind of like I think mm. that's original. I think John Williams actually wrote that, but it's also like church organy kind of. Yeah. I think it's when uh, Macaulay Culkin goes to the church to pray to kill. <laughs> <laughs> chasing her. I can't. I haven't seen Carol Home Alone since it was in theaters. Exactly me either. I think I like your version, where you're just slowly conflating it with Taken. <laughs> well, I'm the professional. Anything that's been produced by is that your Home Alone fan fiction, but rather than Joe Pesci, was it Joe Pesci? Well, that's what trying to kill Macaulay Culkin. He takes Macaulay Culkin and teaches him. About... If you've seen the professional, that is nothing but Home Alone with just like with no, guns. it is not. Because people are trying to come for Jean Renault, and he just kills them all in his apartment. That's all I'm saying. You watch the that last, is all that happens. In watch the last hour of, of the profession. You'd be like, oh yeah, I get to, and it's and like yeah, it's, it's just it's just a remake of Home Alone essentially. That's, that's what I think every time. Oh my god, I need a I need a fucking. Now Christmas I really snack. want Jean Renault doing the doing the the like the. <laughs> What's the 
thing with the movie he re-records, where he's like, take that, you filthy animal. Oh, I, I don't know remember. how I remember that, because I... Oh, I, yeah. I, I remember that because people make jokes about that. Have you seen Home Alone 2? I've seen all the I love Home Alone. Have you seen the third one? I that have. Wasn't even, I don't even didn't remember. even involve anyone who made the first two. I don't two. remember anything about it. I've also probably seen most of the Beethoven movies. <laughs> it doesn't mean I remember Okay, oh, yeah, you're young enough the Beethoven movies were a thing. Yes, they were. Oh, my God. How... So what... So it's Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Bill's Christmas. had us. It's only 10.30 and Bill's already had a long fucking day. <laughs> Bill needs a drink already. Yeah. We're going to talk oh, about Christmas. Oh, actually, do we have the rum? Is is it time for Bill's Christmas rum? Greg, give me the rum. If there's any time of year, I, I could use some hooch. We still is have... Is glass clean? Let me see. <laughs> I okay. don't know. No, Bill, I'm going to make you a drink. Nope. Nope. Stop it. What not? Are you going to do... go rinse this. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Can you make ice? Um, yeah, Bill, oh man, I feel like, I feel like, um, who's in A Wonderful Life? Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart? I gotta go get some ice, I'll be right back. Some spiced rum! And a Christmas, no way, it's A Wonderful Life. My favorite scene is when, um, they go to the bar, they go to Martini's, and, uh, Clarence the Angel, he, what is it, he asked for, like, a spice, and he's gone, so this is gonna be me philosophizing at you guys for, for a minute or two. Uh, when he asked for a spiced rum, is it a punch? And then uh, the bartender is all like homophobic, which is hilarious. But he's all like, out the door, out the window, at you, your fairies, or something like that. That guy cracks me up. Uh, so, why do, do I talk about Wayne is going off to make me a drink? I got a pretty lady making me a drink on my Christmas podcast. I should not be complaining. Oh, shit, I gotta, get, I gotta tell you guys about this Oh, Annie's already back. I was gonna start flipping out about Swiss Colony. <laughs> Go for it. You made a drink that quickly? No, I got oh, ice. Oh, you just got ice. You know what? If we lived anywhere that was normal, there'd be ice right outside the window. You wouldn't even have to leave the room. But no, because we're Portland, Oregon. It's like 40 degrees and rainy outside. So tell me about Swiss Colony, Bill. Swiss Colony's the shit. Oh, so I was on, on the podcast like a month ago. I was flipping out about how I got the uh, Swiss Colony catalog. And lo and behold, Swiss Colony stuff has arrived. I got the, the, the summer sausage and cheese bundle. Uh-huh. Man, it's as a kid, I used to, I remember thinking like this, like look, look how tiny these sausages and cheese are. Like as a kid, I used to, I, I remember thinking that like these must be like huge ass like things of sausage and cheese. And like no, they're like little like gift baskety kind of things. Which is not terrible. Oh cream. Cream semi crop cheese. I was disappointed how small they were. Especially this is like ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah, you expect like Bill, I'm sorry you're nonplussed by the size of your mail order sausage. <laughs> As a kid, I remember thinking like, man, if you just, if, if like you got stranded in a log cabin out in the middle of the woods all winter long, as long as you had like maybe like half a dozen like Swiss colony sausage and cheese bundles, you could probably survive that winter. And now I'm like, man, you can't even have a party with five or six of these things. Try Is that, good? Bill. Well, so what's in this? That is a rum and coke. It's very simple. But it's got kick. It's sweet. I think yeah. I made it rum. I do. Well, you took a sip. How was it? You like I did. it? Well, I wanted to make sure I, I made it okay. I made my drink strong. Oh, man, that was good. Thank you for the drink. You're welcome, Bill. <sighs> well, thank... Who... who Sean Baca. This is Sean, Sean Baca. Sean We're still tipping into your, delicious, your rum. Or delicious. D- beloved you, listener. <laughs> I like delicious <laughs> listener, Sean Baca. His balls did smell tasty <laughs> while he was here. I would park his genitals in my mouth. <laughs> uh, God rest that gentleman. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry one Christmas. and all. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle, Bill oh. Turkey. 
What? At last you can tap into that bear community that's been clamoring to have you, Bill. I know. Well, some people have, have posted pictures of me online being all like, what's up? I'd fuck that fat thing. <laughs> the use of the word thing really sells that, <laughs> Bill. Bill, would you like a knife to open your sausage? Would you like a knife? I'd like a zipper to open my sausage. Baby, would you like a knife, darling? Oh, God, this smells like dog food. <laughs> oh. Did they? I think they had a... <laughs> Do you want some of my dog food mail or something? So Bill tells me, he's like, I'm going to have Swiss Colony. Don't you want some? Guys, take a moment to remember Bill describing the Swiss Colony food last time where he's like, it was like weird and crumbly on the exterior and then dry oh, no, and, but I and did, powdery like, on the exterior. Well, that's because the people who had bought the Swiss Colony, I tried petite, uh, I mentioned this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I mm-hmm. went up to a friend's house and they bought some uh, uh, petty fours, the petite mm-hmm. fours, whatever the hell they're called. They're essentially little cakes. I never yeah. even heard about those until uh, like I saw the Swiss Colony catalog. Oh, the beef log. I'm, spoiler, going to open up the beef log. <laughs> And, uh, well, they, I, I think they had either put, uh, kept the, the, the Petty Fours in the refrigerator or in the freezer. So when we had them, it was, they were hard. And the cake inside had, like, crumbled into, like, had become very dry and powdery. But uh, I did not do that. Like, these are room temperature Petty Fours. And um, I haven't actually tasted them in a day or two since they may have gone stale. But when I tried them a couple days ago, they were nice and moist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was not an affront of humanity. It was actually, Good. well, especially, well, Swiss Colony, they had, I found this coupon online where, if you ordered like was it like fifteen dollars worth of stuff, if you put in a coupon, you got twenty four petty fours for free and thirty six truffles. So I'm sitting like most of everything I got from Swiss Colony was free, because you know I just got the like oh oh that's what I got I got the the meats and the cheeses and here this is what I've always wanted from Swiss Colony this is when I knew I'd be an adult yeah so when I got the what the hell the Chris Mouse oh you got the Chris Mouse it's here. Bill, oh man, that's a solid piece of chocolate. That's I was actually I was surprised how if I'm disappointed how how small the cheese and sausages are. That Chris Mouse is you could actually kind of club someone to death. I assumed with that in the thing. picture that it was like hollow. Me too, and I thought it was going to be half the size of that. It's like an injection mold, but that is an actual. Yeah, solid that's actually chocolate. all the chocolate you really need for the holiday season. I'm not really sure what the white stuff around his genitals are supposed to be. Let me see. I don't. Oh no! What the hell is he doing? Because <laughs> he's got his hands around his crotch. <laughs> Now I know what the picture of this week's podcast is going to be. Oh, wow. <laughs> Masturbating Chris Mouse. <laughs> anyway, enjoy it, Bill. Good to what the last round. Okay, so it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas. I Christmas become time. a monster. I was tweeting about this. I'm a terrible human being. I am way too old for this. I'm 28 years old, and I get the most fucking freaked out, childlike wonder, pumpedness about presents. It's like you're a white person that was raised in America and but really love presents. But I feel like presents. a monster because I am not. I have enough junk in my life that Here's I. There's a don't petty need. force. I just opened up the petty force. Oh, that's a petty force. Art? That's what I'm saying. They're little cakes. Try huh. one. I'm gonna finish my. Anecdote. What do you think they were? I know, I oh, know. you just sounded so surprised. I thought I have never seen them. I didn't know these look like little chocolate things. Yeah. Oh, well, here's truffles too. Uh, awesome. Truffles, like one's a dark chocolate, and one's like a like a like a Is it like a caramel with salt. Something like that. Salt. Yeah. A salt anyway. caramel. Do you say caramel or caramel? Caramel. You know coupons. what? I use coupons, coupons to buy my caramels. When you say coupons, I think of the lady from Sound uh, uh, Singing in the Rain. Uh, you're uh, what kind of what's your favorite kind of mayonnaise? Is it Hellman's or mayonnaise? Real? Mayonnaise. <laughs> what did I what did I say? You just said mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. You said it in a way that stressed man. People who are overseas. That's like your <laughs> 
overseas may not realize that, like, there's Hellman's mayonnaise here in America, but, like, in some parts of the country it's called, like, Real Foods or Best Foods or what the fuck. It's not Hellman's. It's almost like there are brands all throughout the world. Oh, my God. What? Oh, dear. This is the worst. This is the worst. Bill's weirdly this distracted. This is a low, even for us. So I'm going to take control and try to finish the thing I've been trying to say for Lana about presents. I am a monster. I do not need more things. I really don't. And it's a waste of money. But I fucking love presents. There are all these presents in the tree. My wife this year decided that, um, I don't know why, and we'll see, I have multiple presents, but she wrapped them inside... Like, a single box. She put multiple presents in one box. And when she told me this... So I need to take a step back. My wife does not come from a gift-giving family. Her family is very poor. And so they didn't do gifts ever for birthdays, for Christmas. They just didn't do them, really. And so she does not... She never really, like, really did gifts before. Or or I should say, met anyone who felt strongly about gifts as I do. Yeah, because Annie Maloney runs on gifts. I fucking go batshit the bonkers. So my wife got, always had a lot the of anxiety. The same way that Superman is powered by the yellow sun of Earth. <laughs> Annie so, runs on whatever gift she gets for Christmas and, and her birthday. Yeah, that, that sustains her for the rest of the so year. So I've been trying real hard the last couple of years to kind of cool down. Because it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. It's fine. It's it's dumb, and I shouldn't. And it really is a bad use of my emotions and feelings to devote so many of them to just anticipation of gifts. My wife has finally come around to this, but she's still kind of learning. And so she's like, yeah, I just wrapped all your presents in one box. Is that okay? And I'm just staring at her like, but I want multiple presents to open How big is this box? Day. Like as big, big as a toy chest? It's pretty big. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. My wife is amazing. But it's, that's how you know you don't come from a gift giving family when you when you can't appreciate that every not... gift is a possible just bomb of joy. <laughs> that you like, I, I would be the kind of person who would contemplate like if a gift was big enough, breaking up into multiple pieces just to like enhance like oh my god, like how many gifts I got you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, th- to be fair, this is kind of a blessing in disguise because I got her a total of eight presents that really constitute two presents because she's really gotten into this one six scale model things. And so I got her two models and then all the gear for both of them. Um, a dude and a lady and then all their clothes and stuff and shoes. It's crazy. How big are one six? Oh, like a foot tall. Like Yeah. They're like the original GI Joes. Think the original GI Joes. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, but she's really excited about it. Like she's like, I, she, made a list of all the things. It's actually adorable. I told her to make a Pinterest account because this is actually the perfect use of Pinterest is this sort of thing. So she made a Pinterest, Pinterest account. Pinterest is where you just take pictures and post them online, right? It's a lot like Tumblr. Except whereas Tumblr is not very good at archiving, Tumblr is all about the present. Um, Pinterest is very similar where it's really just posting content, like reposting content more than anything else. It's no real original content. But the difference is Bill is trying real hard to drink his medicine. <laughs> you, you can pour more Coke in there to deliver. No, I, I like the one-two punch of my medicine and then a Coke just... The, <laughs> the Coke sneaks Coke in. makes the medicine go down is all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go ahead. So, um, anyway, I got her a bunch of those, and I p- also packed them, I put them in two boxes, so it works out. Oh, that's fantastic. Is but it Mass Effect stuff? No. Oh. But, uh, uh... Sorry, that, that Swiss colony went down, like, well, oh, wait, go ahead. That was a... What? <laughs> Between Bill's morning and the alcohol, <laughs> this could be a great podcast. Anyway, I've been trying to calm down about presents. It's not working. Yesterday at my desk, I started thinking about all the presents that I have under the tree, because there are others. And yeah. I just started fucking freaking out. Just freaking out. Could not work anymore. 
was wasted for a couple hours there on just the thought Christmas of is the shit. Christmas is so awesome. Man, Chris, speaking of... Uh, well, uh, my parents sent me for an uh, early, uh, early Christmas slash late birthday gift. They sent me a, a Lego set. Which I had been flipping out when we were looking at the Lego catalog. Yeah. I was flipping out about the Lego Winter Village set. Did they know that you liked this one, or was it just happened? I was flipping out with them over the phone about it. Oh, okay. Because I was telling them, because I was also flipping out at my parents about Swiss Colony and Lego. And so they actually got me this set. It's a $99 set. That's sweet. And I've been spending the last two days working on it, not just like off and on, but like, it's literally over the course of like, like two full-time hour days, like 16 hours over the course of the last two days working on this set. I'm only about halfway done. I still need to build the roof and stuff, but... Yeah. It's really cute, y'all. There's, like, little... There's, there's like, tile in the kitchen. There's a chandelier in the living room. Yeah, there's, like... There's 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 uh, uh cupboards that open and, and drawers that slide out. There's... Yeah. Oh, and this is the, the set I was flipping out about because it has a light-up fireplace, which is the cutest goddamn thing in the world. And it's great because I also have, like... uh I'm not much of a Lego person, but people have, in the past, bought me, like, Lego and Indi uh, Star Wars and Leg Indiana Jones Lego sets. Mm -hmm. And so I'm populating this house with Indiana Jones... And it's I got Indiana Jones being accosted by the dude with bandages, the bounty hunter from uh, The Empire Strikes Back, mm -hmm. and IG eighty eight is running around, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty goddamn. Marion Ravenwood's reading the newspaper right by the <laughs> Christmas tree. It's been fantastic. But yeah, actually, as soon as you leave today, after I'm finished editing the podcast, I'm just probably gonna spend my Saturday. No, actually, originally I was gonna spend my Saturday night finishing this thing, but I forgot the story of Mohang. The yeah. Minecraft documentary airs on Xbox is it Live Mohang? tonight. I, that's is it Mohang or that's how, at uh, I, I at, at PAX. That. That's how people were pronouncing okay. it. Okay, I never know Mojang. Oh yeah, no friends. Of the uh, we could actually say this once for real. Yeah, friends. Of the podcast uh, two player productions. Yeah, uh, they are debuting the Minecraft documentary that they've been working on for two years. Yeah, is going to debut. <laughs> this is great. Like live on Xbox Live tonight. Like it's going to be like a broadcast airing, which is rare. You never get to see that on a video game network. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what time it airs. I think you have to go actually go into Xbox and see what time. I think it's 5 o'clock our time. Oh, is it? Yeah, so I'll probably... Actually, maybe I'll, I'll watch that while building Lego stuff it's either tonight. 5 or 6 o'clock our time. Yeah, so... Well, the thing, the thing is, uh, I thought that was the first Kickstarter I had ever backed. And looking at my Kickstarter... Because I was surprised because I saw the like, Kickstarter people were getting their codes for downloading the documentary and stuff this week. Because essentially, this is when the documentary is being released to the Kickstarter backers, too. Yeah. And uh, I was like, why didn't I get a code? And I looked on Kickstarter and I realized the first Kickstarter project I ever backed was the Double Fine project. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why the hell, because I remember for the longest time uh, contemplating what Minecraft documentary package I was going to throw down for. Because I was like, oh man, it'd be great to have a little wind-up creeper toy yeah. or a pig. Oh, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah that's what I was talking about. That. So I don't know if it was one of those things where it ended and I wasn't paying attention. And like it ended before I could actually... I don't know what the hell happened. So I anyway, I'm not a Minecraft backer, but uh, Fangamer, uh, the website, they're selling retail copies of the documentary starting tomorrow, and also starting tomorrow, if uh, the my what the the minecraftmovie.com I think it is will offer you can just buy it just as a direct download from the internet. Yeah, feel free to finish that off. Oh my gosh, that is is that the end of the rum? That's it. And he just Sean Bach is rum. Sean Bach, a little funeral for your rum. Didn't even last till New Year. You gotta Year. keep it forever. This is your, this bottle is your first gift. Is our first gift from a boy Hattie. Oh, that's true. Oh, Grumpy Turtle was yelling at us for not having a PO box that people could send gifts to us at. Which we don't need a PO box. We got my house, and I don't care who shows up here. <laughs> Bill drives me crazy with this. Why? Bill will just post his information in public places. 
Who's got comfort? You could never, you could never make it more clear to me how different it is to be a white male. Yeah. Than in public, publicly posting. Who's your gonna come and rape Bill Mudrin except for the bears who think I'm hot? Which actually, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Playing Far Cry Three, didn't you learn? <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, but before we go into that, um, yeah, Christmas. Is there anything else we weren't going to say about Christmas? Presents. Uh, we can talk about Christmas presents, later. I want to talk about. We did we talk about this last year? Like, uh, what our favorite Christmas specials and stuff are? Probably. Do but we, we can do it again. Do you want to make that a special segment or just talk about that stuff now? We're just talk about it now. We're talking about Christmas. What? Okay. Well, what? The greatest Christmas movie of all time is Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, Drop the mic. Shit. Walk away. Did you see that's twenty five years old or twenty years old? Yeah, twenty years this, old. This like as of like last Crazy. week. Crazy. Oh man, that's old. Yeah. We're all getting geriatric. Slant tears. What? What other? What other ones you like? You like racist shit? Like it's a white Christmas. Well, what is it? Just white Christmas. And Holiday Inn. I saw Holiday Inn is on uh, Netflix, and I wanted to oh, like, yeah? trick people. <laughs> hey, guys, get all your well, closest minority friends together. <laughs> this at Christmas. least white Christmas is more about like remembering the, the style of humor that was done in minstrel shows as opposed to <laughs> actually having the characters in blackface. Yeah, that was, yeah. They have red mitts. That's pretty damn bad, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, oh, and they have, um, uh, what is it, tambourines that have kind of... Like, mammy faces on them. Do they? I can't remember. Yeah. It's been so long since I've seen Holiday Inn. I saw... Well, no, I'm talking about White Christmas. Oh, did I? Yeah. Jesus Christ. During the whole, um... What is it called? Oh, How I Love a Minstrel Show or whatever. Yeah, no, White Christmas is my favorite... Is my favorite Christmas movie. My... I love... You know, we we would talk multiple times about how much we love the Winona Riders. Little Women. Little Women. Little Women is also my non-official Christmas It is movie. great, except for the horrifying intermission where Winona Ryder rides a black person like a horse. That's a good joke. Because it takes place during the Civil War, uh-huh. and that's racist, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Um, I was going to say something else, and you actually hijacked my thoughts. No, what's so great about uh, Muppet Christmas Carol? It's one, it, I think it's one of the best adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, Michael Caine is amazing as Scrooge. The music is all kind of fun. The ghosts are all Muppets, right? The ghosts are all Muppets. What's the ghost of Christmas future? Is that like a big... Creepy as fuck. It's like one of the tall We watched Muppets. this like two years ago, yeah. He, he kind of looks like a Death Eater, for lack of a better comparison. Which makes sense. But, I mean, that's kind of how it's described in the book. What's really clever is his, his robes are very... I know it was probably just the limitations of the material or whatever, but they really did make the robes look, like, weighty, like, kind of... Like, there's a... I can't... I'm not enough of a nerd to be able to identify the fabric, but of a very particular kind of, like, um, curtain fabric. No. Like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, like... And it's got this weight to it, and it's very clearly some parts of it are painted, and it looks almost like a stage prop. I need to watch... I, I've, I've got that. I need to watch it again before The Christmas. hands are great and creepy. Like, it's really effective. And then the Ghost of Christmas... Um, past is kind of a Brian Froudian, like kind of a, um, a dark crystal kind of elfin feature. Does it have a flame head? Because I know in the original story it's supposed to be like this flame headed or candle headed yeah. kind of creature. No, she it's like has, some kind of fiery thing. She's like she's just kind of childlike, but it's. I think they do the thing where they do puppetry underwater and then. Film oh, it. so yeah. So she's got like the flowing robes and everything. Oh, that's cool. And it's it's a very and Ghost of Christmas Present is just a big guy. He's a big jolly guy. Is it Muppet still? Come on, no, it's not just better man. He's it's just still, a big dude, like but giant. It's, dude. it's it's a Muppet though. It's, it's not a giant. Like a dude. Well, it's a giant Muppet dude. Did you ever see Mr. Magoo's Christmas special? No. It's uh, I I guess it's classified as being one of the first big TV specials ever. Oh really? I think it because I think it aired in the late fifties. This you know it predates all the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, mm-hmm. and uh, that you know that's actually really interesting because like uh, 
Like, that's kind of like, for if being a Mr. Magoo cartoon, it's like, that's kind of creepy. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember that, that kind of creeping me out as a kid. I think that is one where the Ghost of Christmas Present has, like, a flame for a head. Yeah. It's all kind of like... It's about an old man, Mr. Magoo. It's funny because Mr. Magoo, he's funny, he's old, and he's blind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's actually kind of, there's some pathos to that cartoon. Well, what I really like about um, A Muppet Christmas Carol is that, as ridiculous as it is in that it is a world where there are people and Muppets, that is the one Christmas Carol where I really buy Scrooge's redemption. Michael Caine does an amazing job. I can't remember. He's so great. You buy him when he's evil Scrooge. You buy him when he's good Scrooge. You buy his old whole journey. Like... It's amazing. Okay, we're still recording. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't do that to me. So Christmas, what's uh, and of course Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas. I feel dumb even mentioning it because man. So I was watching um the Rankin Bass. I was going. I'm going through some of the Rankin Bass Christmas specials. Have you ever seen Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which yeah. is the origin story of Santa Claus? Yeah. It's like this should have been Rankin Bass's like crowning achievement because it's like an hour long, which is twice as long as most of their holiday specials. Yeah. It's an hour long explanation of like. Who Santa is, what, where he yeah. came from, everything from like why he wears a red suit to why he he says ho 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 to how the reindeer can fly. Yeah, which is great because kids always have questions about that stuff. Yeah, and you'd think that like this special would be super popular just because it's it's all about Santa and everyone loves Santa. Yeah, but no one really. This is definitely like one of the like lesser known. Yeah, uh, Christmas specials, and I was kind of I was watching it last night, kind of wondering maybe uh, because I wonder if it's because. Was it Mickey Rooney plays Santa Claus? And he's not that good of a voice actor. Hmm. And also, like, he's he's too he sounds too old for like the young Chris Kringle. Yeah. And he's not like he's not like baritone and bombastic enough for mm-hmm. the old Santa Claus. Hmm. And it seems like, yeah, just kind of it's it's weird how like that special got sunk by like kind of like a little bit of uh, bad casting like that. Yeah. And also the fact that like some of the songs in it are kind of like adult like love ballads. It mm-hmm. seemed like with that special they tried to do like a thing where like, well, we're going to have we're going to try to have a couple songs like break into the charts. Yeah. And like Santa like Mrs. Claus has like this like 5-minute song with all these like psychedelic background effects and stuff. <laughs> and it's not like fun like little kids would enjoy. Yeah. It's kind of like we're totally kind of like nonsensical. Eh, it just doesn't make I any sense. I will say well that's it's But I'm bummed that like there's no like Christmas special or movie that's about Santa Claus that's any good. There's like Santa Claus the movie. Yeah. Which that's terrible. That also explains where Santa Claus came from. But I love the idea of someone trying to explain where Santa Claus came from and doing it in an interesting way and no one's been able to do it yet. Yeah. I don't know. You haven't seen Rise of Guardians where Santa Claus is a Russian mobster voiced by Alec Baldwin. Is that what it is? That's have you seen it, it yet? No, I've not seen it. Oh, okay. But um, no, I, uh, I went to a bunch of Christmas parties this week and I went to... I have these new ladies that I'm friends with. They're all my age, but they're all straight girly girls. Yeah, so you're it's talking very, about very different to react with them. And we were hanging out and we decided they decided to watch Elf. And I forgot that for my generation, Elf is the Christmas movie. Cause I saw it once in theaters and I was like, okay. And I walked away from it. But they fucking love Elf. Like, How reciting old are these the ladies? lines. They're my age. They're like 20. Between that is the so ages weird because Elf is not bad. It's got Peter 29. Dinklage in it. This oh, is like a. See, I left halfway through because I forgot how. Okay, so here's the thing. I have a giant soft spot for Will Ferrell. I love his dumb, dumb. Oh yeah, movies. one of your favorite movies is Step Brothers. Step Brothers is arguably one of my favorite movies of all time, which I know says questionable <laughs> things 
about me, but it is. I own Talladega Nights is the first movie I ever bought on Blu-ray, and I have no regrets. <laughs> like I have dumb. I have a weird soft spot. My wife and I were actually joking that we would like Elf more if rather than it was the story of Will Ferrell falling in love with Zoe Deschanel, it was the story of Will Ferrell becoming friends with um, John C. Riley. <laughs> I think part of it is that oh, I, so what I have an allergic reaction to Zoe Deschanel. We need to fix both things by what we need is an origin of Santa Claus movie starring Will Ferrell, <laughs> where John C. Riley is Mrs. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and they get the Rudolph and all the elves in the North Pole. Could you imagine? Oh my God. And like Mr. Bean can play Rudolph. There we go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> done. We're done here. Uh, so you hate Zoe Deschanel? I don't hate her. I just find her bland. I That's... find her really bland. You don't like her pretty eyes? Or how she can't tell if it's raining outside? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't... I, she's just... I have yet she is see... an attractive lady. I, I liked her as Trillian in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but that's because Trillian is kind of a, a unknowable other. She does totally, like... Whatever part of any guy's heart, like, lust for manic pixie girls, yeah. she just by default, well, she like... she is. For a generation, she is the manic pixie girl. Yeah. Like, that's it. Why isn't she playing an elf in The Hobbit? Because she totally looks like an elf in The Hobbit. Because she's got better things to you do. You did not see The Hobbit this week. No, I'm not going to see it. Oh. That's so sad. Did you see that Martin Freeman's in the new uh, uh, Simon Pegg movie? The end of the world that finished just filming finished on filming, yeah. December 21st? That's beautiful. Oh, do we have to talk about December 21st? No, we're talking about Christmas. Oh, wait, I have one joke about it. I was like, now we live in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> and that's why they released the Mad Max picture. There, there we go. We'll talk um, about that later. But, but yeah. uh, no, so yeah, I went, Elf, fucking love, they love Elf. They love Elf. And I was trying so to weird. enter their world of Elf loving. Well, your love for Elf is really like hard. everyone's love for a, Christmas, for a Muppet Christmas Carol. Because when Muppet, Muppet Christmas Carol, I was in high school and pretty much too old to like, I never saw it until you made me watch it because, yeah. like, yeah, I was, you know, I wasn't a kid going to the movies seeing Muppet movies. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, which is funny because these girls are actually your age. Yeah. It's like a general generation gap between people who are of the same generation. These it's are weird. people who have very different priorities for me. Though I did discover that one of them is obsessed with the original cartoon series Johnny Quest to the point where she has broken, she has destroyed three DVD collections. What? Watching them so often that the DVDs have self-destructed. She's 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 hot to trot for that Indian kid. I've decided this woman will be my new best she friend. She watch Venture Brothers? Yeah. Okay. She she doesn't look like a nerd because she looks like a straight girly girl. And That's then I keep great. discovering Aww. the depths of her nerdiness. But she's fascinating because she's one of those people where she's the kind of nerd where if you disagree with her, she'll tell you very politely that you're wrong and then just move on. It's amazing. Anyway, girl, girls love Elf. I also went to a, um, a Christmas party last night with some, some friends from work. And uh, one of them had brought their three-year-old to the shindig. A little kid named Finn. No relation, unfortunately. To, uh, I know friend. a kid named Finn who's actually named after that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. This is Finn. I think he's actually named after Huck. So, you got that. Anyway, um, Finn, at some point in the evening, he kept talking about Spider-Man and Iron Man. 
And he was like, I love the Iron Man song. And I'm presuming, I'm like, is there some sort of ad used in commercials? Oh, he's talking about Iron the Black Man? Sabbath song. He's talking right? about the Black Sabbath well, that's song. That's in the movie. If he, it like, is. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Well, I just think about how those movies are. Yeah. So at some point, he goes to his daddy and Black says. Black Sabbath is by default, like, not even that song, but like, like that every time Tony Hawk, even in the, even in the Avengers, he shows up. Yeah. He's like in Back in Black or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, my God. It turns God. out this little that's kid amazing. loves metal. He loves Dio and shit. Yeah, yeah. He loves metal. And so he goes up to his dad and he goes, Daddy, Daddy, can I have my computer? So his dad goes out to the car and gets, it's like, it's a tablet, but it's a kid's tablet sort of thing. Oh. It's like made for, it's like cheap plastic and, but in like all these apps that are it has for like kids. Music and stuff but you can put MP3s on it and stuff. Oh. And so his mom I think you got a three year old saying, Daddy, Daddy, I know, bring me my computer. Bring me my tablet so I can queue up some jams. So I can bl- queue up some black I Sabbath. I need to DJ this shit. So this he comes cold in. and quiet in this party. So he gets the tablet and he's like, turn off the music. So the hostess <laughs> goes and turns off the music. He cues up Black Sabbath's Iron Man and then he goes wait and we all have to stand <laughs> in the middle of the room and he's he's I'm gonna oh pantomime this for you God. Bill and this is gonna be bad for the podcast but he just poses like this so <laughs> he like leans over in half with one hand between his legs his butt sticking up in the air and his left uh, arm sticking out to the to the side of him. oh so he's doing he's like, posing like he's Iron posing Man Iron Man who has just landed exactly just landed <laughs> And, and the music starts playing, but he keeps holding that pose. And his mom goes, what other moves do you have, Finn? He's like, wait. <laughs> so he's got a choreography. He's got this whole choreography. And he go, and he starts dancing through the room. Except his dancing is all heavy stomping, because he's Iron Man in his heavy robot boots, right? Heavy stomping, and while doing, while sticking his palm out, he essentially has a like he's shooting out lasers. This is this is essentially a live action YouTube tribute, exactly. <laughs> to and Iron he's, Man, he explained to us all in the room, "You're bad guys." <laughs> he goes around <laughs> and he just starts zapping all of us yes! one by How one. Is this kid, not the not the star attraction at the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> he should be leading that. No, you're all bad guys. <laughs> Everyone in New York. Pew, pew. It was amazing. That it was is so wonderful. It made the party. Was an office party or what? It was a friend of mine, a work friend was throwing a party. That kid needs it to was be awesome. bronzed. I tried really hard to taping. film it. Yeah. I tried. My, my touch, for whatever reason, whenever I try to tr- record anything, it'll take one second of video and then stop. I forgot you have an iPad that takes HD video. Well, I, I didn't bring the yeah, iPad to a party. We live in the 21st century. We got three-year-olds saying, bring me my computer so yeah. I can rock out to Sabbath. <laughs> And you yep. and you're having a hard time filming this like video. It could easily upload to YouTube. I'm sorry, on your my iPod. pocket device is no, know, not exactly, intense yeah. enough to record. That this is amazing, moment. though. It was magical. I wonder what that kid, what that kid's getting for Christmas. <laughs> man, I'm tempted to go buy him a little Iron Man mask. Man, oh are you God. kidding? That was amazing. Hopefully, he gets uh, a Black Sabbath album on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus, he may appreciate that more than the Iron Man mask. I also went to a white elephant party. Never been to a white elephant party. Yeah, before. what'd you get? I took, I forgot about this white elephant party until literally the last moment, so I grabbed, I looked at my house, and I was like, what can I give? I grabbed a Beastly, and oh, I gave cool. a Beastly. I actually gave one of my favorite Beastlies. It was a very noble sacrifice. Oh, no. So, but white the, elephant, what elephant you can give, that's cool, just like grabbing stuff? Yeah. Okay. And like the white, the whole idea of white elephant parties, you either get, it, you either re-gift something, or you get a gag gift, or you get, oh, Okay, like, so it's, yeah, okay, yeah. And well, it's, it's like, well, you don't know who's going to end up with a gift, so you don't exactly. want to spend too much money on. Ex- well, we had a limit of 20 bucks. Isn't that, that the whole point of that office episode? Yes, where Steve Carell, like, he, he makes the iPod. Yeah, okay, and yeah. And everyone's totally trying to fight detonates. over the iPod, yeah. yeah. that's bad. Aw. But, uh, I, uh, uh, I, Actually, the lady who got the Beastly 
delighted by it. No one stole it from her, and it's on her desk. Well, it's kind of handmade. And, she, and I was explaining. I'm like, no, no, no. J.J. Abrams just optioned this. This could be a collectible. Unfortunately, its tail broke off on the way to the party in my pockets. <laughs> but anyway, put it in the box. It was, it's a it's a great little beastly. But, <laughs> and, oh, for those yeah, beastlies are go to beastly.com. It, this great lady Leslie Levings. We talked about her in the past. She's yeah. down in LA and she does these great little sculptures. She's the lady who sculpted the, the Nintendo Power cover yeah. of the last issue. She's good times. So I during this white elephant oh. party, I got uh, what did I get? I can't remember what bullshit I got. But um, oh no, I was the last person, and all this stealing had happened before I got there. My my coworker, actually the coworker's obsessed with Johnny Quest, and I'm determined that she's going to be my best friend, whether she knows or not. Um, she had gotten this old porcelain plate. That had a mobile home on it, and it said, God bless this mobile home. And she almost started crying. She liked it so much. She's like, this is the most beautiful thing. She genuinely thought it was fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Someone stole it from her. And she almost At started crying. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Way white elephant parties work. Oh, you mean, oh, I think you meant, like, someone, like, took it out of her purse or no, something. No, no, but you can you can steal gifts. And so... I think at that point, you'd be like, uh, here you go. Well, that was the thing! Yeah. So, when I was the last person, and I was like, I have to, I have to steal this. So I stole it from the person who stole it. And after the party, I gave it to her. And she was so happy, she almost started crying. She gave me what she wound up with, which... You know that terrible horse head meme? Yeah. Where people have the rubber horse head? Yeah. There's an, a unicorn version. She had gotten a unicorn version of that. In a Fry Boots box, which, by the way, was insult to injury. What's a Fry Boots? Fry Boots are just a type of boots. They ugly? No, they're fancy. I have some Fry Boots. They're okay. beautiful boots. But uh, Oh, it was just in the box. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I took it home. My cats immediately nested in the Fry Boots box on top of the unicorn head. So it's great. It's now great. you can wear the unicorn head during sex. It could be this weird role play I did thing. make that joke. I'm like, mm, am I going to piss a virgin? Mm. No, what you do is you take the double-ended dildo I bought you all those years ago, cut it in half, and just duct tape it to the front. Have a truffle. <laughs> you ass. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm actually excited about the unicorn, unicorn head. Because you already called it a unicorn. A friend of mine. You already had sex while wearing the uniform, uniform helmet. I can tell you firmly I did not. <laughs> I, we know we're gonna get a friend. Um, we know we're getting a friend for Christmas. We we're trying to figure out how to wrap it. Now we've realized we're going to stick it inside the unicorn head, and let him have it that way. It's gonna be uh-huh. magical. So, uh, spoilers: the red penny fours with the red dye. I think it's strawberry, vanilla, yeah. and strawberry. I got the white one, and I think it's like white chocolate. Oh, is that what? With the white stripes. These are lemon. The green. I think it's red velvet. I have no idea what these are. I think that's strawberry. Anyway, yeah, that is making for terrible. Grumpy Turtle's already shot himself. <laughs> um, no, anyway, no. that was Christmas, the Christmas week that was. Um, what is your favorite Rankin Bass special? Rankin, Rankin Bass. The one with the elf dentist. What is that, Rudolph? Yeah, Rudolph, yeah. With Hermie the... I'm Hermie. a dentist. Yeah. I'm a dentist. I'm gonna look at your teeth. Yep. I love that shit! Man, and, uh... Uh, oh, wait, we just got from, uh, Adrian J. Wallace says his favorite, um, holiday TV movie special is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which I just watched last night, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever made me watch that? I showed up, well, I, I've had, you are not my first friend who has made me watch Mystery Science Theater, believe it or not. Um, well, that's probably real enough, I can see that. I watched it on TV, my friend. Um, no, at the straight girl party I went to, that was on the TV when I showed up. The Mystery Science Theater 3000? No, 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 no. 
the actual Santa Claus. Because they just put that on DVD on video and Blu-ray just in they, the last apparently couple weeks. Apparently, yeah. the hostess had Hulu, and she just randomly picked a movie that had Santa Claus in the title because she figured it would be seasonal. It was Santa Claus versus. So everyone got really quiet and just watched the film. <laughs> well, it was muted during the whole party until Elf happened. What part of the movie was it? It was, well, by the time I got up, it was halfway through. Did it have a giant robot? Well, what's great is that, so that movie ends, and she's like, well, I guess I should put on another Christmas movie. She just searches blindly for Christmas on Hulu, and yeah. she chooses Rare Exports. Oh, no. Puts that on. We stopped, like, it was like 15 minutes in before we stopped to watch Elf, but I'm like, I know very little about this movie, but I know enough that we should not be watching this at a party of straight girls. Well, I was, well, I was looking Elf. for Christmas stuff on Netflix last night. There's not that much. There's Rare Exports. They just got uh, Christmas Lampoon's, well, no, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I've never seen. I've watched the hell out of the original National Lampoon's uh, just vacation and European vacation, but uh, I've heard enough people make jokes about the Christmas vacation that I feel like I've already seen the movie. It's like you and Casablanca or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to have to watch that movie after Christmas, I just learned, because one of my coworkers is obsessed with it, and she's coming over, and we're going to have dinner and watch it. People, like that, people are addicted to that thing, and yeah. it's funny, because I'm of the age that that should have been a default Christmas movie for me. Of course, yeah, again, I'm all about little women, toys. Love the wrong toys. toys movies, toys! Well, the other thing that also sh- uh, popped up on Netflix this week, the two big things that I was like, oh, I haven't seen these, I should watch this, was, yeah, Christmas uh, Vacation, and The Thing... I've never seen John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. I'm assuming you haven't. No. I'm going to spoil it for you. A lot of people get killed by a fucking alien in I the know. Arctic. Well, I know the story. Do you know the setup? Yeah, it's Kurt Russell and uh, Keith David, who is in They oh, Live. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Keith David. Keith David. He's that from Mass Effect. Yeah. He's, he's Colonel Johnson from or whatever the his Quick name is. The Quick and the Dead. Oh, that's right. God. I always see him with his mustache. <laughs> I need to watch The, the, the Quick and the Dead again sometimes. I love The Quick and the Dead. God, did I watch that with you for the first time? Possibly. Anyway. But yeah, it's Keith David. Keith David and uh, Kurt Russell are kind of like the two main characters. Also, Wilford Rimbley. Uh, yeah. I am drunk. Wilford Brimley's. Who's the diabetes guy? Wilford Brimley. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... it's 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 The this... diabetes guy is mean about ten minutes after eating a couple more truffles. What do you think of the truffles? Actually, they are starting to get stale. They're not joke. as moist as they were like two days ago I when they arrived in the mail. They're not too bad. For free mail order truffles. Or, no, Petty Fours. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, the Petty Fours are pretty good. Yeah, no, no, too bad. You can take some home. No, thank you. We're not that good. Barf. Dude, I stole so much Christmas candy from work. People kept bringing in cookies and candy and snacks and then left for vacation. So, like, one of the last things one of my friends said, she's like, oh, well, you know, if there are any of my cookies left, can one of you, like, take, feel free to take them and just wash the tray or whatever. There was a fuck ton of these cookies. So I took them all. They're all at home with a pile of like little what is it Lindorf liquor kit yeah, exactly, chocolates yeah. and like I got oh, a haul at home right now. Oh, uh, for my birthday a couple weeks ago too. This is one of the things where uh, with having a birthday in the beginning of December, you get a lot of combination birthday Christmas gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Facebook has just enacted this thing where you could buy someone real gifts over Facebook because they have this thing where you can send like somebody like a little fake e presents. Mm-hmm. Like here's a gift. It's just a picture of a present. But they have this thing now where you can send, like, you pay, like, five or ten bucks, and you can send someone, like, cookies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what, what, you, 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 you make this purchase and you gift it to somebody, and on your end, as, as the receiver of the gift, you have to input, like, the address where you want this stuff to be sent. Mm-hmm. You know, assuming that the person who is sending the gift may not know your home address off by heart or anything right. like that. 
And so uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, Kathleen Sanders, who used to work for Microsoft. Oh, yeah. She just left from there, but I'm not quite sure where she's working on now. But she bought me some cookies. She bought me Facebook cookies, real-world Facebook cookies. It's like from a service call, was it Cheryl's, I think? And the cookies arrived, and I had... Well, I felt bad because I think the description was cookies. It really was just a cookie. It was one cookie. Yeah. It was a big cookie, and it was like a soft... Like, moist, like, vanilla with buttercream. Yeah. And I ate it last night while working on my Lego. It was so good. It was good. <laughs> For a free Facebook cookie? Yeah. That's fucking good. Oh, man. Kathleen so, San- Sanders my hero. I'm friends with Shannon Waters, who's the editor at Boom Studios, who edits the Digitime comics. Yeah. And she... Supposed to, for... Annie, please, friend of the podcast. Oh, excuse me. Beloved friend of the <laughs> podcast, Shannon Waters. Um, she, for our... Um, when Foley and I got married, she sent us um, celebratory cookies... And I joked, and I was like, I just want cookies from you all the time. She sent us Christmas cookies. Like homemade? Really or? sweet, yeah. She made them really, really good. She's a magical person. She also, we sent them for Christmas, she and her lady friend. We sent them, um, we have, they love um, Catherine Hepburn. And we, when we moved into the Hedge House, our last house, our crazy Victorian, we went to an antique store, like, the day before we moved in and found this great framed picture of Catherine Hepburn. It was a picture I'd never seen of her before. And so we bought it, and she was our household god when we lived at Hedge House. And when we moved into our new house, it didn't seem quite right just to transfer our household god. So we were like, well, obviously we need to send them to Shannon and yeah. our lady friend. So we sent them... Uh, Shannon's gay? Uh, yeah. We sent them our... Uh, I gotta get in touch with her to figure out whether or not PB and Marceline are actually... Mm. Calm down. So I sent her, I sent them our, our, our Catherine Hepburn, and they sent us this great antique gin, like, mug. Like, uh, I can't remember that. Oh, Bombay gin. Like, it was oh, this wow. beautiful old glazed porcelain. It's got all this crazy, crazing on it. It's so classy. And like, damn the internet. I love the internet. Man, that sounds cool as hell. Shannon sounds like an awesome lady. She is a magical unicorn of friendship and wonder. And God I damn, her. fantastic. Anyway. I just need her to sign off on this uh, lesbian canonicity <laughs> thing of Adventure Time. That's my favorite part of yes, Adventure Time. Yes, ask the person who edits the licensed comics of a corporate-owned Has property. Has Pendleton Ward said lesbians exist in Adventure Time? <laughs> yes or no? Yes, check, yes, check, no. Um... Um, this is not Christmas. What does this have to do with the thing? I can't even remember. Well, the you thing had talked about being male. I meant to say, uh, this has nothing to do with what you're about to say. The thing is the best John Carpenter movie. Oh, the thing. Anyway, go what you're about to well, say. Well, I was going to say, what I, we were, we, this is the part of the podcast we talk about what we did in a week. Last Saturday night, my wife and I, we just had our five-year anniversary. And as our anniversary present, we went to go see our favorite band in the world, this band called Horse Feathers. And um, they're local folks. They do kind of melancholy folk rock, which sounds very diminishing and not interesting. But they are my favorite band right now, by far. Any concert, I love, statistically speaking, I'm going to go to concerts where someone's going to play the Saw. That is just the way I am. Is this, are they like, who are the guys with the mandolins? Decemberist? No. A Mumford and Sons? Yes. These are not Mumford Did you see the Onion article? No. Tell me the joke that you read on the internet, Bill. Yeah, uh, the Mumford and Sons all got each other mandolins for Christmas. Oh, how did they know <laughs> what to get each other for Christmas? Anyway, go ahead. No, uh, uh, Horse Feathers, they're my favorite band by and large, and it was so such... So are they Mumford and Sons Not even remotely, like I just said seconds ago. They're What's not the difference? Even they have remotely. a female? 
They do have a lady on stage. A, a. female? No, it's their it's all their lyrics. You would probably like horse. Well, no, you've heard horse feathers. When we drove every time we drove driven you to the gorge, we listen to horse feathers. That's the music we have on the radio. Was that the song? You were, the one time you tried to push me over the gorge into yes. the gorge? Yes, Bill. I tried to push you into Multnomah <laughs> Falls. Well, you're like, you know what? Bill's big enough that I don't think me and Foley can tackle him directly. We'll just nudge him with the car. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's weeping at the majesty of the gorge. Just bump him with the Boom. bumper. Boosh. I but know. No, yeah. They, they write they write kind of beautiful melancholy music about the Pacific Northwest. Like they have um they're my one of my favorite That's like songs. all the bands from the Pacific Northwest. You think any of them write it's either like Decemberists also do that, but then they also write songs no, about how shitty LA is. Decemberists is all I like the Decemberists a lot, but the Decemberists is very literary and self well, they are, like, yeah. like up their own ass. Yeah. Yes. Um, you could never accuse horse feathers. How would you describe Mumford and Sons? Jangly pop folk. That's how I would I, I would describe Mumford and Sons. But uh, no, Horse Feathers, really, really dig them. Highly recommend folks looking them up. They Great pay, concert. They Great pay concert. rights to the Marx Brothers for using their movie name? Of course. It was actually really confusing because I told Groove Shark, I was like, I want to listen to Horse Feathers. So I pulled up on Groove Shark Horse Feathers. But I just, I didn't select the artist. I just did a search for Horse Feathers. and did play all. That's what so I said. They're hearing up music you. from the Marx Brothers Horse Oh, Feathers. they have that? Groove? What the hell is this Groove called? Groove Shark. Groove Shark. I've never heard of it. Uh, but yeah, it's it was. I get all my music by uh, attacking uh, homeless people who play music for money on the streets. And I'll say, I'll give you a can of soup if you come to my house. Is that how you heard about Mumford and Sons? You found them on the street. Say, You're like, hey, guys, hey, buddies. I'm going to masturbate. I want you to sing a song about me masturbating, and also about the beauty of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Sons from asshole Mumford and Sons. I have no fucking idea. You officially asked me for more information. Isn't about Mumford, Mumford and Sons. the comic book about the big red dog? No. Are you thinking what? about Marmaduke? Yeah. Or oh, Clifford? No, Are you confusing Marmaduke? Isn't there and it's called Mumford. Mumford. <laughs> it sounds like Mumford and Sons. It sounds like a band that Wolford Brimley named Mumford. <laughs> you get diabetes when Bill, you listen to Mumford. What else did you do this week? What did I do? I watched. Did I do anything else other than build Lego, eat Swiss Colony? Well, actually, I didn't even eat Swiss Colony until we started the podcast. Fine, then I'll talk again. My wife <laughs> and I. My wife and I watched Lockout. Lick my balls <laughs> from the top of the apartment hey, building, Bill. For the first time ever, I'm able to look at you and go, "What else? <laughs> Nothing." <laughs> Then it's my turn again. No, what's yeah? You, oh yeah, you guys. What the hell is lockout? So lockout came out last year, and no, and everyone said don't bother. I've never even heard of this. It was Luke Besson's dumb sci-fi movie, which, as a sentence right there, I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> he only wrote it, to be fair. It has um, what's his butt, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce plays an ex-CIA agent in the year 2072. Who? So sounds like time cop. Wait, he is. It's actually. It's it's not even that. It is about a space jail. You know in Mass Effect where there's a space prison where all the, the prisoners are in, are in free and cryogenic frozen where you go get Jack from and Jack escapes. Is that Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2? 2? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, the yeah. same kind of concept where it's like this maximum security prison in space and they just deep freeze all the prisoners. So what, someone escapes? Well, what happens is is that the it's the dumb, it is the dumbest movie. See, I highly recommend Lockout, but you have to watch it knowing that it is the dumbest movie and that it knows it's a dumb movie and just roll with it. Lockout is a movie where the president's daughter <laughs> goes to a maximum security prison. Are you prison a bad enough dude? In space to in-
interview the prisoners because she does humanitarian stuff, and she has in her studies she has found that the president at no point decided to step and say, honey, "Oh, it gets worse." Wait, honey. so sh- she goes to space. Oh, Jesus! And it's what's her butt from Taken in the Office. What's her name? Maggie Grace, or not the Office Lost from Taken and Lost? What's her butt? Oh, Blondie. Blonde yeah, yeah. It's her again in this. She plays the president's daughter, but she actually <laughs> has some agency, so she's oh less boring than she is. Anyway. Of all the actresses in the world you could hire to play the president's daughter, that is fake. Because her job is to pretty much be the president's daughter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she goes to the space station because the humanitarian agency she works with has found that this deep freezing thing, it basically makes the criminals, um, it, it makes them, uh, it fucks with their brains. It basically gives them dementia. And it heightens their aggression and all this stuff. And so and that's she goes, why she's going out of her way to go she, there? This is the thing. So she goes to the space station because they're trying to open it. And they're like, oh, no, is no, this no, 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 Netflix? It's fine. This is on Netflix. Okay. It's, it's worth watching because it's so aggressively dumb. If you just drink the Kool-Aid and roll with the dumb, it's a good time. Yeah. So she goes there and she interviews one of the prisoners because she's trying to prove that this is a shady operation and they shouldn't be allowed to go to do what they're doing. She can just do this interview over email. No! <laughs> yeah. So of course she's interviewing the most aggressively insane <laughs> member of the entire state space station and he attacks her and everything goes wrong and all the prisoners get woken up and then um, Guy Pierce has to go into space and save her, and it is such a dumb movie, but the, we had so much fun watching if it. She's the president's daughter. Is it the president of Earth? Yes. <laughs> no, it's like, he's like president not of... Only, that's the best thing if it's president of Earth then, <laughs> no. too. Not even the president of the United States. This but... is a movie where he is the president of the United States. He's in his underground bunker beneath the White House with a... He has in the corner the presidential seal against a big cement wall, and then displayed in front of it is just the head from the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> This is like apocalyptic or Well, the implication is it's after some crazy shit has gone Yeah, down. exactly, yeah. So, it's a kind of movie where the president, when, wow. his, when the president's daughter's kidnapped, this is the leader of America, when this ex-CIA agent comes up and talks to him and says, here's what we're going to do, the president just nods incredulously <laughs> and sends him on his way. That is the sort of movie that Lockout is. It is the dumbest pile of shit, but it is a lot of fun. The opening sequence—it it looks like I w- the opening action sequence is so cartoonishly ridiculous. Guy Pierce escapes from these guys who are pursuing him on a one-wheeled motorcycle. <laughs> In this action sequence that I realized at that moment, this movie is like a weird anime that was refilmed shot for shot live action. <laughs> Even the story kind of feels like a poorly translated anime. So is a guy Pierce on like a rocket powered unicycle? It's a one. It looks like imagine a super a futuristic motorcycle, all sleek. That is missing the front wheel because it even has like the body sticking out in front of the motorcycle. The implication is it just goes so fast that it doesn't hit the ground. It is the most. It is amazing. That is that is great grade school logic. Like of, just of, if you can just turn off your fucking brain and just like I want. If you ever want to watch an aggressively dumb sci-fi movie and just have a good time, Guy Pierce knows he's an aggressively dumb. But this is out in theaters a year ago. Yeah, very recently, and I didn't see it because everyone panned it. But it is. It is definitely. This sounds go. like the ultimate like directive video kind of it thing. Is, yeah. It is like it is a worthy entry into the dumb sci-fi action movie. Have you ever video. seen Demolition Man? No. That's another, like... I did this week watch The Demolitionist, though, but go ahead. Man, did you know there's a movie where Keira Knightley gets spanked by Michael Fassbender and she's topless? (laughs) I Should this be this week's animated GIF? This is an animated GIF I found. No. Why? What what the fuck movie was this? I have to... I can't find it. (laughs) But it's obviously Keira Knightley. She's like dressed in like Victorian gear. She's in Victorian gear. Oh, that's in, with like a corset. That's in the Freud movie. 
There's a Freud movie? Yeah. It had, uh, it was about Freud and what's his butt, the other guy. It had Viggo Mortensen and Michael Fassbender and Keira Knightley. But yeah, she gets big. I'm like, what the hell? Is this like Photoshop or The something? whole movie is about, I think Viggo Mortensen is Freud and he's, who's the other one? Young. Yeah. And, and he's developing his whole theory with his shrew bitch wife. And meanwhile, he's practicing with Keira Knightley. He's getting kinkier and kinkier and apparently they just have a lot of kinky sex. Oh! That's what is it weird. Called? I can't remember what it's called now. The Spankest. <laughs> I regret saying the, the the word bitch in a recent episode. Yeah. Of, <laughs> in a recent episode of Parks and Rec, there was this great moment where um, Leslie, this is like a perfect Leslie mo- note moment where she's talking about, I think she's talking about Ron's ex-wife, Tammy number two. And she says, this woman is so terrible. I can almost use the B word. And then she just looks aside and she goes, fight it, Leslie, fight it. And every time I use that word now, I see Leslie nope in the corner of my brain. I'm like, I can't, I should not use that word anymore. I gotta stop it. It's no good. So in the, that movie, he is trying to develop his theories with his wife, who I'm sure you know he this? I don't know about this. I don't know, Bill. Is it because I'm more of a, a facial hair aficionado in that movie? It must be because it's not for Kira Knightley. It's not like <laughs> you're like. Everybody... It's not like you're subscribing to Kira Knightley topless <laughs> newsletter or I'm something like, like Bill that. Bill I was just... clearly you don't either. You would have heard about. I this was just surprised beforehand. to see A. She's topless and B. She's getting spanked by uh, uh, glorious bastards. <laughs> what? So yeah, that's yeah. neither here. This is not Christmas themed at all. So. Not at all. She's got little boobs. Well, Merry Christmas, Bill. You got to see Michael Fassbender spank Kira Knightley with her tits hanging out. She's got weird little cone boobs. She's got like a little ice <laughs> to cream be cone fair, boobs. If she's bending over, no one's boobs look good hanging down. Yeah, like that's that. true. That is the least complimentary boob. Uh, according to Stephen King's The Stand, a woman's breasts always look best when she's lying on her back in bed. I would probably agree. Because it's kind of like anti gravity, kind of like if you could, like if you could get a mirror of yourself and look up in the mirror while laying down in the bed, that's be- be- the best time your boobs are. That's probably look. that's probably. That, I keep on trying to get a, a mirror installed for my <laughs> room try to see. Yeah, see exactly. How it goes. Uh, yeah, hanging other... out in boobs, I always feel bad. Also, that hurts. That the least... Oh, that's the thing. Did you see my thing about the pillow? I found a picture of this lady, and she's asleep in bed, and she's topless. It's not Kira Knightley. Because <laughs> this lady's got big tits. But her tits are like, you can tell, like, they're, like, not supported. I'm like, that looks must look painful as fuck. And then everyone on Twitter's like, oh, yeah, there's all kinds of different pillow bras. Because I was wondering, like, are there pillows for women's tits? While they're asleep. And I guess there are. Like, you could just put, like, there's, there's some molded things you just put between your tits so your, like, top tit isn't, like, straining from hanging down. Uh-huh. You, you're probably familiar with this. No, but I'm, I'm not, just actually. Oh, really? No. Oh, sorry, you have a girlfriend who can just hold your tits in place while you're That's asleep. That's exactly what happens! I'm so glad you solved the mystery, Bill! Uh, this is truly a Scooby-Doo epic. <laughs> I just sleep in my bra. Oh, really? I never take off my bra. That's unfortunate. Ever. You, when you bathe, you just like squirt. That's it. it. I just scrape all the skin. Well, that's off what I was of wondering because, like, this, uh, th- like, I don't know. This it turned into a giant Twitter conversation yeah. with me and some people. I never take off my bra because I'm, I got big old titties. I am terrified of them coming down on my knees. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I was. I need reinforcement at all. Well, that's what I because it's this eight hours a night, and like your tits are still hanging out. Because even if like unless you're sleeping on your back, well, even then your your tits are going to be flying out to the side. Not if you're wearing a bra. Yeah. Just wear a bra. Do you time. have a special like comfortable sleep bra? No. For a bra all the time. Hmm. I'm sorry. Same bra I wear during the day. I'm sure that the lady who works at the pencil test is, if she's listening, is shaking her hand at me going, no. Is the pencil test still in business? Because I love, well, that yes. seems, seems like such a unique Dude, business. low overhead. One lady who has one shop. Well, I, I didn't think about how expensive that stuff must be, too. 
Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, the pencil test is what was it like? Local. It's a it's a bra shop here in Portland. Highly recommend it if you're a boob haver, regardless of your breast size. Where in town are they? She's up on Mississippi. Oh, okay. She's not too far from Missing Link and. Um, oh wow! I was supposed to go up there on Christmas Eve with. Oh, Josh and Andy. Me. No, she's on Albina. Excuse me. Okay. So she's a little bit away from that. You know where um the other Pine Street Biscuits location is? Yeah. That's that's where she's by. Oh okay. But uh, anyway, so you can get biscuits and, and biscuits and boob slings. Yeah. yeah. So she she specializes in she specializes in D plus cup bras. But her magic power is that she can identify your bra size just by looking at you. Yeah, and isn't she that fit you perfectly. what she did for you? She's the bra whisperer. What the hell was your bra? Well, I'm I should be asking about you, your bra size. You asshole. Um, so, but no, she, I've taken four people there and <laughs> it's awesome. all person this one, you're like, it's a D minus. Well, cause most women actually have like a D cup is not necessarily that big. Most women actually have. You were the one educating me about this. Yeah. Like D- larger cup sizes, but the, the American, like the way bras are sold in America, you don't really find anything larger than multiples of D's and mo- even at like quote unquote big lady stores. Well, I've, I've, I've heard that like, even like stuff like H cups aren't even like, that sounds like it should be huge, like kind of like weird cartoony big. No. But like there 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 are women in the world that you would not think their tits are even bigger than like a C cup. And that, well, what's that's fascinating actually... is when you wear a well fitting bra, your boobs look smaller. Yeah, it's amazing because well, shit's not being pushed out and exactly. overflowing and stuff like yeah. that. How the hell did we get talk about? <laughs> anyway, pencil test. Uh, and this week in awesome. Kira Knightley uh, in, in naked animated gift slash breast support. <laughs> I'm going to do something briefly. This week the um, Amnesia Fortnite Kickstarter ended. I didn't know. Bill just told me before recording he did not know what Amnesia Fortnite was, despite having played multiple Amnesia Fortnite games. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that's what they called it. Well, all I know is that Double Fine was doing something called the Amnesia Fortnite for the last couple weeks. Well, two weeks. That makes sense. It's, it's a Fortnite. It's more but, than. It, what was crazy is that the amount of time that the Fortnite bundle went on was longer than Amnesia Fortnite itself. Because they had it going on, like, I think a week before Amnesia Fortnite started. Oh, and really? Is that what it afterwards. Was? Well, see, so... I, like, I, as, as soon as I found out this is all Windows stuff, my yeah. brain just totally turned out because there's yeah. no way I could play any of these games or anything like that. But what's amazing is that our friends of the podcast, Two Player Productions, they were doing daily videos yeah, that's about Amnesia Fortnite. Yeah. Daily videos. Like, they had, uh, I think, a four-man crew. Well, I had heard they were doing videos, but for some reason I assumed that, like, they were maybe doing, like... Maybe just a ten minute wrap up video at the end of every week. It's a half I didn't realize... hour thing every day. Yeah, because you said day. you you like you like gorged yourself on those videos. Yeah. And so the kicks. So anyway, the humble bundle for this just ended last night, where you could buy the. So did you explain what it was? So so yeah. what they do is they they take every uh, every year they take two weeks off their schedule. And um, this they... is double fine. The creators of Psychonauts video game stuff. I feel bad because we do have to and... some people listen to who don't play video games and may not know. They did like Happy Action Theater or ha- like the Connect game, and yeah. they did like um, Once Upon a Monster. They did Stacking, Costume Quest, Middle Manager Justice just came up. For I saw played that. And mm-hmm. all those la- those last couple of games I mentioned came from this Amnesia Fortnite process. What it is is it's actually very clever. It's a way to develop leadership from folks within the company who might not otherwise be in leadership roles. Everyone in the company who wants to can pitch game concepts and the way it's worked in the past is that internally people vote for the projects the top four are selected and then people can choose what projects they want to participate in every the company is split up into these different teams they have two weeks to develop a prototype for their game and sometimes nothing comes of it well the interesting thing about this too is that they take a their uh they take a break from developing whatever it is that they're supposed to be developing to essentially take a game developers weekend Mm-hmm. Or in a week, like two weeks off from. I guess this started when they were in the middle of developing uh, Brutal Legend. In the middle of that, uh, I guess there was 
Tim Schafer said, okay, you know what, guys, for the next two weeks, we're going to stop work. And the reason why it's called Amnesia Fortnite is they forget about what else they forget whatever you're supposed to be working on. So everyone essentially just do it like a big game development bake off inside and everyone just develops a quick, dirty, like a little like their own idea for a video game within two weeks. And there's a a competition within the company to see who can make the best ones. So in the in the past, it's all been very private, obviously. But this year, what was different was that if you contributed to this humble bundle, you not only got to see I think they did a daily live stream of the whole process. So it was like a reality show, like a live reality show of a window into game development. Well, well, uh, two player productions was doing their their um, uh, their daily videos and stuff. But at the end of it, you could also get the prototypes. Yeah. If you donated over a certain amount, you could also get um, previous year's prototypes. So it was a neat little thing. Yeah, the prototypes are Windows only, oh. so I couldn't play them. But the videos are worth it alone. Two player productions does amazing stuff. Yeah, I just it threw makes down... me want to quit my job and join film school. Yeah, humble humble bundle just ended last night. I threw down for that by myself. Now I want to watch that stuff. But yeah, that sounds fantastic. It's good times. Anyway, God bless. Double fine. Did you see Tim Schafer tweeted that that Amnesia costs, Fortnite costs him $300,000. $300,000. Can you imagine taking two How does it cost them that much? Paying all those people, the entire team, delaying whatever projects they're working on. Didn't the Humble Bundle make like almost that same amount of money? Almost. I think, I don't know if they made their, they compensated for the loss of it. Well, what they should do is like, if they can sell... They're crazy if they don't still sell that as a bundle online. Like, uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 all prototypes, and the the part of the specialness of the bundle was that it was a limited. Well, if they thing. can make, I don't know. You could still sell, like, if if they could edit, could edit together the daily videos into a big Amnesia Fortnite like package, like some kind of package or something like that. I don't know. There's still, there's still a way you can market that. You can oh, still sure. make some money off of that. But yeah, anyway, it's but that's really cool. Idea. I'm glad to see that the the, the humble bundle. Help defray the cost of most of the fact that these guys were essentially, yeah. yeah, doing free work for themselves where they were not like on the payroll of whatever publisher they should be making a game for. I, 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 it's too, I, we should have checked out this before it was over because what's neat about these amnesia, amnesia Fortnite things, these people who are being forced to be leaders of these game development projects are not necessarily, they're people who've never, it's like done art it directors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting to see how these different people deal with people management and yeah. deal with maybe even just like speaking in front of a group of people when maybe they're that's not their comfort or like having to communicate these really abstract ideas in some way. What, what other company would let it let, let anything like this happen yeah and it's it's really to see these four very disparate people well especially when you hear stuff like like the, a lot of people's choice for the game of the year was uh our choice for the game of the year on last week's boy howdy game of the year podcast uh, the Walking Dead that was uh, written and directed and managed by a couple art directors who you know, rose up you from within the company. You keep saying that, but I've read into a, and you're absolutely wrong. You're wrong. Because like Jake, you're wrong. Jake Rodkin, yeah. he came up from through their art department, but he has been a writer for a while now. And the other guy, Sean Vanneman, has written games from them for years. These guys aren't these guys from Idle Thumbs. Yes, I hate that podcast. Because it's better than ours. Fuck those guys. And they had a successful Kickstarter, and they actually yeah. had money to invest no. in it. Ever since The Walking Dead came out, I've been listening to Idle Thumbs. That is one of my favorite podcasts right it's now. It's a good little podcast. Right? Yeah. It is. It's, it's That and Giant Bomb are the two gaming podcasts that I listen to that I get all my gaming nutrients from. Because Giant Bomb is all kind of wacky. They just talk about stupid bullshit. But uh, yeah, Idle Thumbs they actually talk like th- this last week they spent the, like a, a long time talking about Far Cry Three. And... Well, Idle Thumbs is a little different because it's all people who are actually in the gaming industry. But they're not afraid like, to be critical guys... of games, though. You should. Yeah. 
Like, they were actually tearing apart Far Cry 3. Everyone's been making fun of Far Cry 3 this week because of the shitty writing mm. and a couple interviews yeah. that the guy who we, wrote the game... T- we have to talk about that in the Geek Week interview because okay, that's yeah. worth going on. And, but it was interesting to hear the Far Cry, uh, the uh, uh, Idle Thumbs guys, which are guys from Double Fine and Telltale. And the, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Remo is from uh, Double Fine. But they, they were just uh, tearing apart the game from a game design point of view, too, which yeah. is, you know, they, they weren't taking the same track that everyone else was. So it's really... I just said, let's talk about it during the Geek Week review, but... I played Far Cry, and well, you, you've been playing Far Cry for most of the week. This is like this is this is this fits into this part of the. It's episode. I'm really glad. So what happened is just take a step back, and again to our listeners who are not necessarily on top of the gaming news, the head writer for Far Cry Three, um, and for in all intents and purposes, he really presents himself as the creative director of this game. Should we tell people what Far Cry Three is? So Far Cry Three is a sandbox shooter. Where you play this... Yeah, it's a first, yeah, first-person shooter. Yeah, where this guy... You play this guy named Jason Brody, who's a one-percenter rich boy who um, is skydiving with his asshole friends, and they accidentally skydive into an island filled with pirates and slavers. And this is, like, in the South Pacific. Yeah, yeah. and uh, wackiness ensues. On a made-up island in the yeah. South. It's it's up in made up a stand, yeah. So, he and it's about... You play this, this wussy little one-percenter who has to go in and save all his friends... And the this week, the writer had an interview first with the Penny Arcade Report and then with Rock, Paper, Shotgun. So the Penny Arcade Report talked to him because what happened was people keep saying this game is great to play and the story is as dumb as a bag of bricks because it is. Well, you're a white guy who's recruited by a bunch of natives on this island to yeah. free themselves. Led from, by a sexy priestess. Yeah, by the sexy priestess. Who, you get to fuck. who like all these brown skinned people are just inexplicably you're this white guy who shows up and everyone's like, Oh, you're going to be our savior. We're going to give you magic tattoos, tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna give you for some reason tattoos, tattoo. And these tattoos will give you magic power to free our lands and free our yeah. people and you will be our leader. It is very much so a white colonialism sort of thing. It's the avatar Sexist thing. Of, well it's the dances with wolf thing of white guy gets stranded uh, among a native population and becomes, and becomes their, their leader. leader. Yeah. yeah. So the um the writer of this game was so hurt by people slagging on the story that he reached out to multiple media outlets and he had two interviews this week. One with the Penny Arcade Report. Now, the Penny Arcade Report, they're pretty even-handed dudes. They genuinely presented his comments without necessarily that commentary. Like, when they commented, it was like, well, here's what he was trying to say. Isn't it interesting that we never saw it? There was a very, It was very clearly not a dialogue as much as it was letting this guy share his thoughts and feelings. Meanwhile, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, who I love... <laughs> They're a bunch of assholes, and I love them. They're not afraid to push back. They're not afraid to push back. He had an interview with the Rock, Paper, Shotgun guys, said in some cases almost word for word the same thing, the difference being the Rock, Paper, Shotgun guys called him on it. Because basically, this this and this is really interesting, because keep in mind, the last game I played was Spec Ops The Line, which was actually saying something interesting about the kind of game it was. This guy claims that Far Cry 3 is trying to be a commentary on the sort of game that it is. It is not about white white, white male power It's fantasy, not about yeah. racism. It is not about sexism because it is a satire of those things. And he kept saying this. He made this game contain those elements because we as gamers need to ask for better. Which is the weirdest thing. You can't make satire by making a product that is exactly this indistinguishable from whatever it is that you're satirizing. I made you a poop sandwich so you'd ask me not to make a poop sandwich. That is what his argument... Well, this guy... Well, his, his, he claims that there's... Well, 
I hate to say claim because he obviously he tried to put like subtext and stuff into this it's game. It's fair if you look. Like I'm glad I read his interviews because now I'm playing this whole game trying desperately to see it the way he presented. But it. like his idea for like how you're supposed to know this game as a as a satire on white male power fantasies yeah. is this is the one thing he always goes to first and he keeps this is on repeating. His opening argument is how the island chain that you're that you end up stranded on is called the Rook Island. Yeah. Well, our, our What's the... and then he says this kills me he says if you look up rook <laughs> in the dictionary anytime it your argument mean... yeah, no, anytime yeah. your argument contains the sentence if you look it up in the dictionary your argument is a bad argument because who's going out of their way going I gotta look what up the name is... it's a nature thing you just that, is like, that is like literally the most water treading like essay sort of bullshit I've ever but heard. according to him this is the key to unlocking yeah. the hidden mysteries Rook means the hidden fraud depths. yeah uh, well yeah so his idea is that Rook either means it, it's either a chess piece oh, and or it means to steal from someone yeah. and so that's it's, how it's you're supposed fraud. to know this game he kept saying it's fraud had, had, yeah fraud. It's, it's a fraud which means that you're a fraud and what you're doing is just like what what you're doing in the game isn't real and it's all just a power fantasy that you're just building up in your own head. And there's nothing yeah. in the game to support this at all. Yeah, there's... so this was great. So the Rock, Paper, Shotgun guys, what I like about the Rock, Paper, Shotgun interview is that they kept trying to give this guy a line. Like, even as they're calling him on his bullshit, they are trying to say, like, at some point they actually say, you clearly think that this is what the game about. Did you tell anyone else that this is what the game was? Well, the guy that said They're not accusing him of lying. It's yeah. just everyone just seems to realize that this guy just thinks he's a lot smarter than he thinks he is. Yes. Yeah, it's not like he's being duplicitous. The guy just isn't that bright. Yeah, so he, and, and at one point, like, one of the things that the, the, the Rock, Paper, Shotgun calls him on is like, so for example, just as a pick for example, when you skin an animal in this game, the animal still has its skin <laughs> afterwards. And, and the guy is like, well, yeah, that's a metaphor, clearly, because you had this perception of who you are and what you're doing, and it's not real. And, the, and it's just like, Really? You're blaming this weird asset management thing, like this memory dealing with thing, as a deliberate artistic choice? That's like saying, like, you have a HUD, you have a mini map <laughs> on your HUD, because that's what you think you're seeing in that environment, <laughs> yeah. but, like, that's hidden depths. If you see, if you understand, and when you look at the dictionary. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, no, that doesn't excuse, like. So, I think, I think it is interesting. There is, what, what really upsets me is that you can say something interesting. In, if you have a first-person game, you are literally looking at the world through a character's eyes. Yeah. And there are interesting ways to subvert that. There are ways Which to present... Which is what Spec Ops Line was doing. Well, and Spec Ops Line is third-person camera. But still, they were at least, like, how you how your character perceives things. The but, untrustworthy narrative... But this is untrust- literally looking through his eyes. Like, yeah. literally what Which, you see There's all kinds world. of drug stuff in the game. You think there's going to be see, more about that. Yeah, it's like, so... You, you're, you're only about a third of the way through the game, yeah. so you have I've experience. had all of one drug trip, so... Yeah. And it was an optional one. Well, especially Far Cry 2 has this thing where even in the menus, they have this mirrored effect where, like, they're trying to show, suggest kind of like this this, this mirrored split personality kind of aesthetic. Yeah. But there's nothing it's about not this in the, the story or anything yeah. like that. It's all affectation. It's bizarre. This game tries to have its cake and eat it. I mean, it's well it. written in that some of the dialogue and stuff is really funny. Like, Well, Voss is a great character. Voss he's a well-written is, character. That's what everyone says. It's worth playing uh, uh, Far Cry 3 just to experience Voss because he's so batshit crazy. Oh, that's just as much through uh, the guy who they hired to voice this and is play true. Voss. That performance is great. That performance is fantastic because uh, the, uh, Voss is the main villain in Far Cry 3. Well, kind of. Yeah. You'll find out later that he's second in command. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, they, they, like... 
rather than having two separate people, one person like do the uh, motion capture for the character and then someone else voice him, uh, it's all one guy. Yeah. And they actually based a boss's look on the guy who's yeah. playing boss. So they said it was kind of freaky because the guy who played boss, he would show up at media PR events and stuff. Yeah. People who play the game get freaked out because yeah. it's the guy who played boss dressed as Voss, yeah. running around doing Voss shit. Yeah. So, but like, you know, if you're playing Super Mario Brothers and Bowser just showed up yeah. and it's just like, hey, I'm Bowser and like, yeah. oh, you know, a little bit like a little freaky. Yeah. But like his character, yeah, he's this uh, pirate who, this drug-addled kind of crazy pirate guy. Yeah. And you know, just, just story-wise, there's nothing that super interesting about it, but just the energy of that character, the yeah. way he's written, is just... He's almost like, this is going to sound weird, but it's almost like a Popeye character. Yeah, a little bit, And that bit, there's yeah. no internal monologue, it's all external. Yeah. So I always play games with <laughs> subtitles. He's always, and he's always monologuing at you. Exactly. Yeah. So I play games with subtitles, and it's hilarious whenever Voss shows up, because all of a sudden this paragraph just shows up <laughs> on my screen. But it doesn't feel that way in well, the game, because he's just like through his dialogue this, so quickly. Exactly. Yeah. He's just this in- nervous bundle of murderous energy. He's such a clever character, which makes... or just, You're absolutely correct. He's just a really well-performed character. And you're, the protagonist character is such a bad character. Yeah. And the, the well, you're this the, white kid from California, this rich white kid. And you you're weak and you're uncomfortable with what you're doing, but at the same time you're not. Like one weird choice they made is you have to skin a lot of animals in this game. You have to hunt and kill a lot of animals. Yeah, they obviously so, played uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Like, hmm, we should but do that. whereas yeah. in Red Dead Redemption, where you have these little things you say, like, I'll learn this from watching you, Paw, or something like that. Every time, every other time you skin an animal in Far Cry Three, he just goes, "Ugh, disgusting, yuck, gross." Well, there's totally that game's all over the map too because bizarre. Everyone else has harped on this too, but it's true that like you start off this white kid from California who's never like done anything more violent than play fucking duck hunt, and he freaks out about it at the beginning. Of the at game. the beginning he's like, of the year, he's like, "I'm really good. I can't kill people," and within like an hour, he's like. He's shooting people, and he's like, yeah, that's awesome. Or he's blowing yeah. up, like, ships and stuff going, oh, so cool. Yeah. But then again, you will kill someone else again, and he'll be like, oh, but there's blood on my hands. Yeah. But then he'll be blowing sun also, but he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Well, it's like the Also, Nico the voice Bellic actor dichotomy. sounds like he's mentally disabled, too. Does. That doesn't help, but... It's like the Nico Bellic dichotomy, or you can yeah. even say, like, the Nathan Drake dichotomy, but the difference... Well, this is the problem in games in general, yeah. This is the problem in games in general, but it's one thing to have... I would say it's even worse than those things. Because Nico Bellic, he's trying to live a different life, but ultimately he is a murderous asshole. Nathan Drake never has a problem with what he's doing. He never talks about it because it's just something he has to do to get to his objectives. This is a character who actively is a weakling... And he still acts like a well, weakling. That's why it makes it so weird that these native people think you're their savior, yeah. or you're this like like you're like you're like this twenty year old white kid who fell off a boat, and they're like, "Oh, you're our savior." Yeah. And like, why is this like you gave all these hardened battle warrior guys on this island for some reason this white kid who shows up? It's and, and the writer will say, oh, that's because it's part of the white male power fantasy, but it just technically doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, it's not just her perceptions, but this is actually what's happening in the game. What cracks me and the most in the interviews is that he says that, so he just goes to, he's like, it's a white male fantasy, and you are engaging in this white male fantasy, and you're forced to look in the mirror that you want to do this white male fantasy. But he says, he very clearly reads forum posts about it, the writing in his game, because yeah. he wants to know what people say. And he said, he picks up on this metaphor that someone used in a forum that he clearly loves. He's like, you're just a gun that the tribe is upgrading. Once they're done with you, they'll toss you aside. Yeah, you're just a gun. That's it. Yeah. The thing about this guy is that he clearly doesn't know what his game is. And every time he comes up with a new thought, he just chases it feverishly. Well, like, these these interviews are amazing just for how disconnected they are. He'll say one moment, well, this is a game that makes 
makes you think about shooters. And then the, literally the next sentence will say, but we're not trying to make you think about shooters. Well, we're Rock Paper Articles uh, specifically mentions the fact that, like, he's quoted within that interview with yeah. Rock Paper uh, Shotgun saying, we didn't want to make a game about shooting. And then he quotes, I think, from the Penny Arcade interview. Yeah. He's like, where he says, this is a game about shooting. And, yeah. I mean, even that aside, whatever, you can fall into some, some like, traps when you're talking to the media. But, like, even stuff like, like I said, even basic tonal stuff, like like the fact that this white kid at the beginning of the game goes from hour one, not, not even holding a gun, to within, like, half an hour into the game. He's just, yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's, he's he's this crack assassin, and yeah. like they, the, the, the slow uh, transformation into a white kid who's never done anything in his life to suddenly, like, a super badass super Murder soldier. Asshole. yeah. Uh, there's no gradation. There's no like the writing in that is. And sometimes he like jumps back and forth between whether or not he's a total yeah. badass and whether or not he's a total noob at this shit. Yeah. And like that again, it's 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 bad writing. It's really strange. But the guy who writes the game will write that off as like, oh well, it's just what your your perception, what you're bringing to the game, or whatever. Yeah. And like, no, it's it's your game is badly written. Man. Yeah, and it's it, weird because he keeps he actually drew the connection to Spec Ops in one of the games. Yeah. Like, where Spec Ops the game is it, it, Spec Ops the line is about war and everything like that. We're not trying to do that. I'm like you are. You literally say that the point of your game is that you're trying to say something about the nature of stories. You can totally tell that this guy is the guy who wrote the puzzles in Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah, so this is the thing. He wrote all the glyph shit and all the weirdest like conspiracy yeah, stuff. Completely the unnecessary games. glyph yeah. shit. Because I can even see the Glyph minigames in Assassin's Creed 2 being superfluous, but the text on top of those Glyph puzzles were completely superfluous and super heavy-handed and kind of nonsensical, and yeah, so... And I, this guy, I, this guy doesn't seem like a bad guy. I just hope he, he just seems dumb. I, I just hope, he seems like a sweet dumb-dumb. He needs to take some fucking college... Some... some uh, uh, yeah, some fucking community college lessons. It's in interesting because so many of uh, so many of the people in gaming that you see interviewed, they seem like they've figured something out. Like yeah. there, it's very rarely where you see an interview with a game, the person involved in game development, where PR lets them out and lets them talk, where they sound like an idiot. Yeah, which that's what happened to this guy. I don't know what the yeah. hell Ubisoft PR was yeah. thinking. Yeah. It's like, did you see that PR only shut him down when at some point he, like... Oh, you was going to talk about him. a new game. Yeah, right. And, 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 and well, at the end of his thesis, he's like, he, basically he's like, the thesis of Far Cry 3 is that we need to make something better. He, met, he says in both games, he goes out of his way to say, we only have so much time on this earth and I don't want to waste a gamer's time <laughs> with something that's not meaningful. This guy clearly feels strongly about it. Both articles say yeah, this guy is clearly passionate well. about it. He's just bringing a fucking, he's bringing a tiny little like cocktail plastic sword to a gunfight. Last night something what? happened in Far Cry 3 that to me summed up all of Far Cry 3. What happened? I had to go to a bar that I'd seen in a vision <laughs> And I go to this bar, and the sign above the bar says S P R E A D Y. Spready. Spready. G O L D. Spready Gold. And it has a it's a gold an you actual. Posted this to Twitter, and didn't see anyone see, else got this. No, I I was thinking like, what the fuck does Spread Eagle mean? And I said it out loud, and, I, and literally I was like, what the fuck does Spread Eagle fuck Far Cry Three? That is what happened. <laughs> it's also an eagle that's been it's ba- an eagle nailed to the right board. Above it. Oh my god, that sums up Far Cry Three. Waka waka waka. It thinks it's very clever. See if you look up too sway. <laughs> if you look up Spread Eagle on the internet, you get the subtext of what that joke really means. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. Anyway, apologies for Yark. 
three. so long about Far Cry 3, but yeah, it, this is us more not even complaining about the game as much as this guy. It's a guy's, fun game. How he's presenting himself online is kind of a mess. I highly recommend, if you are considering at all playing Far Cry 3, it is a worthwhile game. Read this guy's interview first. I think Grumpy Turtle is saying... There's a lot of spoilers, though. You're going to get spoiled. See, for... I think these spoilers are whatever. So you got spoilers for the end of the game? Yeah. I don't care. Because, like, the ending, there were two possible endings at the end of the game, and those endings completely portray. Oh, it's just, anyway, we could talk what about I love, that. So, this is one thing that's interesting. I'm doing, I, do, I hate to keep going about this, but I had to talk about this briefly. He says, as he's talking to the rock, paper, shotgun guy, he's like, well, which ending did you choose? There's very clearly a, from what it sounds like, I've not gotten to it yet, there's an, e- an ending that is ostensibly good, and an ostensibly, that is a, an ending that is ostensibly evil. Depends on how you evil. look at it, but yeah. Well, and, and, there's um, an end. <laughs> well, because the rock, paper, shotgun guy said you have to. Spoilers for spoiler. Far Cry 3. You have to here. I'm gonna have to. You have to stab your girlfriend to do the to get to be with with your with, penis. With your butt. Okay, spoiler for the end of Far Cry. <laughs> so you finally wipe out all the bad guys. Voss and Hoyt are both dead. Yeah. Hoyt being Voss's yeah. uh, boss. And so you go back to Citra. Have you mm-hmm. met Citra yet? Yes, I just found. Did her. you have sex with Citra? I haven't gotten the sex scene. Spoilers of sex scene with Citra, and she says. Jason, you're so powerful. I want you to join me for all time. And your friends that you rescued are they're like, Jason, we need to go back home. This place is fucked up. Let's go. And so you're forced to for, forced to make a choice. Oh, the other thing is Citra has also, also kidnapped your friends and they're all strung up. Yeah. So your choice is to either, they give you a knife and you're there with Citra and your friends. Yeah. And they say, okay, with this knife, you could either cut the ropes and let them go and essentially get on a boat and, and, and leave. leave the island. Or you could slit your girlfriend's throat and the throats of all your friends. This is a way how you're disconnecting yourself from white, from your old life to join Citra and become the leader of the Rakyat people. Jason, kill your friends. So, so the guy, so this is what happens in Rock Paper Shotgun is the and, and the writer keeps talking about the kill your friends ending, be with the priestess ending. As, like, he's talking about how this ending sums up his entire argument in the game. Well, well here's the thing. So, and the Rock Fever Shotgun guy goes, I did not kill my girlfriend! <laughs> Who would do that? And the writer, this is the first time I have ever seen a writer say this. This is the YouTube generation. Who doesn't look up the alternate endings? I did. This, But, but can you think of another time? So if, what's the ending if you don't kill your girlfriend? You leave, apparently. Oh, yeah? Because I, I just know. kept on replaying that ending because that turned me on so much. <laughs> but so, but I, I've never, because my, the, and I believe, I agree with the Rock Paper Shotgun guy. The Rock Paper Shotgun guy says, yeah, I looked it up on YouTube, but that wasn't my ending. It yeah, felt exactly, disconnected yeah. from It's my not story. part of the story. Your story, yeah. Like, this is, and so it's like, who? this is why, like, my thing with Mass Effect, where I don't care about the other endings because my story was my story and I don't give a fuck. This writer just has a tin ear for how people behave and interact weird. with games. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, well, I assume, well, that's the first time I've ever seen someone say, well, I assume you're going to look at the alternate ending. Well, this is also like, Okay, so the two endings, the twist is, oh, this is actually, I, I chose to leave the island. Because I, I was, by the end of the game, I was like, fuck Citra, fuck these people. These people are fucking stupid. Yeah. I just want to get the hell off my island. Yeah. I am not a friend of my dipshit white friends <laughs> yeah. complaining about like, oh, even if we get home, I'm sure the traffic in Malibu's going to be terrible now. <laughs> I just like, audition in Hollywood. Like, I need to go home and eat some fucking uh, tater tots or something. <laughs> yeah. like that. I'm tired of this. Fucking, yeah, this whole world, I need to get out of it. And so, yeah, I chose to cut their bonds and I leave. And, uh... Oh, the thing is, if you try to leave, uh, the black guy who first like helps you at the end before you get Citra, Dennis, he gets so pissed. I'm like, how could you betray us? I'm going to kill you. So he goes crazy and tries to stab you. Citra jumps in the way and Citra gets stabbed instead and she dies. And she's like, oh, Jason Brody, I love you because I am brown lady and I don't know culture. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's the twist on that ending. Yeah. And I looked up on, uh, I did look up the YouTube ending where you do, you just stick your knife in your girlfriend's throat and just slit her throat like a pig. It's horrible. Which that's that from yeah. writer perspective, that's kind of grotesque. I love the fact that they give you the option of yeah. the girl, girl you're trying to turn on. Super Mario Brothers does not let you give you the option of slitting Princess Peach's throat at the end of the game. So I'll give Far Cry Three that much. But so you slit her throat. And I guess it's assumed that you slit the throat of all your other friends. And then you're having sex with Citra, and she's like, "Oh, you're going to be our leader. You're going to be so powerful." And supposedly she st- stabs you while having yeah, sex with she you. And she's you. like, "She I, kills you after you depo- deposit her your sperm." In yeah, her. your magic seed is in my belly. Now you die, Jason Brody. Ha ha ha. And so like so, this game isn't racist, but. If you choose not to leave the brown people, the brown people go to try to try go go crazy. These natives, primitive natives, try to kill you, or if you join them, they go crazy and try to kill you anyway. Yeah. So okay, and it's just like there is one thing. If you take a step back, there is one thing. You, I'm gonna see again. If I try to give this writer credit, if We're I try so much time I'm talking about this game, so we don't hard. like. So like your issue with like Mass Victory was that you are. Like faffing around the universe while the while your Earth is, while Earth is dying. Yeah. In Far Cry Three, when you're fucking around the island, picking up relics, you know, finding like you're only playing animals. poker while your little brother is getting raped. <laughs> I know. Yes. So, like the thesis of this game, according to the writer, is that you do choose to, every time you choose to fuck around on the island, you're actively. Putting your friends through misery, but that's part of the that's built into the game. It's not really a choice. It's yeah, just like, but it's like, but man, I make you self-aware. I make you look at it by choosing the island. You choose to hurt your friends, man. Do you get it? Oh, your mind. Do you look up the textbook definition of friends? You know man? what? The cover of Far Cry Three. What's the picture of like Carl Sagan or somebody like doing a big? <laughs> yeah, the and mind their, their brain exploding. <laughs> I yeah. believe it is Tim or Eric from Tim. <laughs> That's, that's like if, if a yeah. video game could have an animated gift for a cover. You know what? I will say this though. I actually do really like the cover of Far Cry Three. I think yeah, it's actually very that's clever. Boss. What? Well, it's Voss sitting there with your character with buried up to the head in sand. Yeah, just kind of looking, kind of panicked. You know, what? Between, it's a very clever between cover. the, the that. between the marketing focus on Voss. Obviously, even the people at Ubisoft. Yeah, maybe, they're like this is the maybe best the people. Character. Yeah, they're like this is this is what we're selling the game on. Yeah, um, because you're not gonna put picture of Jason Brody going, oh, white guy with a gun yeah. like white teenager yeah um i thought for the longest time that the big twist of the game was going to find out that like you it's almost like a fight club thing where you can yeah. find that that you are Voss or something yeah. like that because like i said the, the menus and everything are all like this mirrored, mirrored image yeah. kind of thing with Voss on the cover that would make sense like oh, what if you're Voss or Voss is you or something like that and there's enough like drug crazy crazy shit in the game they could have justified well, it for something like that. Well, you could say like there's that. parallels because Voss and Citra are brother and sister, yeah. and you got your sibling like in that. Exactly, whole thing. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there could have been something, but yeah, they don't even think to go there. It's just kind of like, not to say like having a Fight Club twist would have been that interesting original, yeah. but robots. It's yeah, whatever. Far Cry Three, kind of like Lockout. It's fun to play though. Dumb as a pile of bricks, but if you kind of turn off your brain, do you like hang gliding? I do. Do you have you killed any sharks? Yes, I have. I made a shark wallet. <laughs> anyway, 
Far Cry 3. Holy crap. Merry Christmas, I'm everybody. I'm glad you borrowed it. Have you uh, tried some XCOM? No, I've been playing Far Cry. I've, oh. been, I've had so many Christmas parties this week. I haven't really done much. But Man, I'm thinking about going back to Skyrim. I've always unplayed games yet. Only played a little bit of like yeah. Dungeons, Dragons, Dogma. But I'm like, it's Christmas time. It feels like Skyrim time. Yep. Especially I've got Hearthfire waiting for me to go back and finish yep. my houses. And I'm like, yeah. I should go back and just explore it's the world It's too bad it's not like Animal Crossing if you go back and your house is all overgrown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, if they had Skyrim with like real world passage of time. Bill, oh, I think, my I think we God. just came up with the best idea ever. A Skyrim Animal Crossing. Crossing mashup. That would be the best game in the world. Oh my god. I would never stop playing it. <laughs> you just find a cave of Tom Nooks. <laughs> Alright, friends, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back for the Geek Week interview. So do you care about Gail Simone? I've actually never read any Gail Simone comics. So she got fired from writing Batgirl? She did not get fired as much as her contract was not renewed. And they hired her back, so that's the big news this oh, week. Oh, they did hire her back? Yeah. Do you, have you read Gail Simone? You're you're more of a comic book I person. I just Kermit said Brooks. I've never read any Gail Simone. Comic books. I'm going to go with the Geek Week review <laughs> rather than having conversations where you don't and listen to what I say. The NRA blamed last week's school shooting on a bunch of games older than the shooter himself, Mortal Kombat, Splatterhouse, etc., rather than specifically calling out the most popular gaming genre in the world right now, first-person shooters. Well, up with that. That is weird. Spoilers yeah. for people who don't know. There well, was a shooting last they week. Called, like, he called out Bulletstorm, too. Which was a weird one to pick on. It seems like somebody like picked up like whatever the NRA's thing, like whatever they were using to defend themselves twenty years ago, like like so, like had some old ancient copy lying around the office, and we're like, uh, Mortal Kombat and uh, what was the other game? Splatterhouse. Night Trap. One of the things he said was, "Did you know that there's a game online that has been for ten years a called ten year was it Kindergarten, Kindergarten Killer?" And I'm like, dude, if you use a Flash game on the internet as signs of a systemic problem, then you can have a lot of systemic but problems Mortal on the internet. Con- Bulletstorm, which is right, they also just Googled, like, violent video game names yeah. and found, bu- oh, it's got bullets and it got Yeah, but it's weird name. that they didn't say, you know, Call of Duty. A game where you actually get to Specifically use... Specifically Call of Duty. An automatic weapon. I mean, I, I mean, it's gotta be because Call of Duty sells a lot of guns. Yeah. And they don't want to, especially they don't want to go after the first person shooter market because first person shooters, especially Call of Duty. Yeah. So Call of Duty is the best PR the weapons industry has ever had in America. Yeah. Where, like, it's educated so many people about guns. The only reason, that, yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter, the only reason I know the difference between an M16 and an ACR uh, assault rifle is because I've used those uh, those guns in Call of Duty. Yeah. The only reason I can recognize, oh, like, when I'm watching Die Hard, I'm like, oh, that guy's using an MP5. Yeah. I know that because of Call of Duty. Yeah. And, of course, like they, they make the military seem so badass. I mean, the military loves Call of Duty because it's a great... It's a recruiting tool. Recru- recruiting tool. And, yeah, those like that the, those games educate people about guns and, 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 like, glorify guns. And it's weird to see them, like... And even aside from the whole Call of Duty connection, 
Like, I'm not su- 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 suggesting that Activision bought off the NRA or something like no. that. But, but it's just like, just shows how they... much in the pocket of the gun industry it the was... NRA is. Because the NRA yeah. is supposed to be this third person, or this third... It's supposed to be... An independent. They made Donkey Kong Country. They're this third-party developer. <laughs> it's amazing. No, but, no, but there's supposed to be this independent... Even beyond that, it's like, if you're going to talk about popular video games that glorify shooting... To the... It's weird. We're not combat! Even in Spider-House, don't you have, like, a chance? chainsaw? But that's a twenty. I mean, granted, they made a like they they made a like a new version of Splatterhouse like four or five years ago yeah. that no one bought. For like the Wii. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like that's what I'm saying. You, like the obviously have like, that sentence and not say Call of Duty is weird. It's that weird. just something's up. I really do like my. That was my favorite part. Was like my team found this game, Kindergarten Killer Online. Did yours? <laughs> the weirdest moment the NRA I wonder what well, they had you, to Google I wonder what terms they had to put it I wonder if they just typed in kindergarten kill my favorite just... tweet re- relating this was that when someone because they proposed that every school should have an armed security guard does that make sense and then and someone just tweeted are you what? joking are you being serious if someone tweeted that that's that they proposed the plot of kindergarten cop I know. <laughs> no what they need is to they need to get in touch with um who's the guy who his company started off as making shower curtains Oh, uh, from Portal? Aperture yeah, Science? They just put the Portal turrets in <laughs> every hallway. I, you know, and also the fact that the NRA's, their one solution to gun violence is to, is the, is the one solution that's going to sell a shit more, shitload more yeah. guns, too, at the same time? Like, this just shows that they're, they're not an independent mouthpiece. They are an extension of the goddamn gun industry, and yeah. it's so fucking, oh my god. And the, the, they're blaming everything except for guns for killing 20 people. And it, well, the, the two things about this, what this debate is really about, it's about healthcare, mental healthcare, and it's about guns. They did not address guns. And healthcare, their idea was, we should just have a national database where we just register all crazy people. Register everyone with mental problems. It's going to be everyone. How are you going to, like, everyone's crazy. You know what's great? I jerk off on skeletons. <laughs> Because there's not because no one actually heard us talking about why (laughs) that's gonna be Bill and I had a little conversation (laughs) in between recording about Bill jerking off on skeletons. Sorry, y'all missed that beautiful context. (sighs) No, it's like it's not like mental health is not stigmatized enough in this country that to even bring that up. I'm just surprised if you're crazy and or a mutant. There should be a registration. That was my first thought. That didn't work out in the X Men universe, did it? I mean, it's just like. Anyway. Let's change the subject because it's frustrating. Did we have anything else? Uh, Two player production. The only reason I wanted to bring up because, like I said, the Call of Duty connection. There's just like a first person thing. That just that's that's I don't know penis. Call of or, excuse me, two player productions of Minecraft, the story of Mohang, is that you said it was Yeah, that's what I think it's called. It's being released this weekend with a quote unquote live broadcast on Xbox Live tonight. Retail of copies of the DVD going on sale by Fangaver tomorrow and downloadable versions available from themineCraftMovie.com. We yeah, this, this is, earlier, but Yeah, this is the documentary about Minecraft that these guys have been working on for two years. It was one of the first big Kickstarter projects. Two player productions is the best at what they do. They are. They are Wolverine. If the NRA finds out about them. I your brain struggling. <laughs> How can I make a joke about two-player productions being registered for making really good video game documentaries? Uh, as long as they don't, don't, don't do a documentary about Metal Gear. Here's or, the most important... Not Metal Gear. I already ruined my own joke. Was it called Bone Storm? Oh, that's from The Simpsons. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Okay. Oh, what? Can I go to the next point? Yes. There's a leaked picture of Tom Hardy as Mad Max. On the internet. Mad Max, he looks like he's wearing... This is important because he's kind of wearing the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome scarf. And it looks like he's wearing the jacket because it's like a a beat-up 
uh, leather jacket like the one he was wearing in Mad Ma- in the original Mad Max films. Yeah. They don't show whether or not he sh- he's wearing the big football shoulder pad or the director set knee brace. Yeah. But oh my god! Well, the implication is it's a prequel, right? I don't know. The, it sounds like the flop back. We'll find out in a yeah. couple months when they start putting out. The I don't trailer. want this movie to come out. Uh, Tom Hardy is, my, as we all know, is my number one boner town. Charlie Theron is pretty high up there too. This movie is so much. It's this is gonna be my new Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. If I there is no way this movie can match the beautiful like ostensibly pornography that exists in my head. These guys making this movie have done their job in that they've got Andy Maloney drooling I for am, a new Mad Max movie. Well, I like Mad Max anyway, but not like uh, yeah. You would not be this anticipatory. I would not have to bring a towel to put underneath my chair. Exactly. Yeah. If, you know. Otherwise, yeah. but did they say if it's coming out even next year? I would they, assume so because I think they just wrapped filming. I, think they and wrapped I, can't, I, I can't imagine special effects are going to be that many or anything. Who knows? We'll find out the hard it's way a sooner Mad than Max later. Movie Bill, there are going to be hundreds of. It's going to bum me out because I know it's not going to be a big summer release, even though people would want it to be. I'm sure it's yeah. either going to come out this spring or it's going to be like next October. It's going to be like a. It's going to come out. In the same thought that like the next Resident Evil movie should be coming out. That that's probably the movie it's going to go head to head against. It will be Resident Evil Six next year. Tom Hardy is which blowing me up. Yeah, that should be fucking good time. Honestly, let's be honest. I can go to the movie theater with headphones and just just <laughs> just gel off for two hours. Just... I'm gonna have to buy fainting salts for myself and my wife because so my I'm pretty sure that if you but looked they can't at my... have sex with each other because the sand gets in her they vagina. Have, they can just hate fuck the entire movie. And I'd that's have the how best he defeats time. her. Oh man! Well, Charlize Theron has been really squirrely about if her character is the villain or what. Yeah, she just says it's complicated. Fucking love. Oh man! I think what happens is that. Have you seen the big truck she runs around in? Supposedly, she and the other five wives. I've or been really trying hard not to look into. This There's a much. big fucking truck that she's running around in, and I think what happens it's like the big diesel truck, like a big like yeah. you know like tanker truck. I think what happens, Tom Hardy, he jumps on the... There's this big whole crazy thing where he has to drive up. There's a big chase. He dri- jumps off in the back of the truck, and he, si- and he, and he, and he fucks the, the tailpipe with his penis, uh-huh. and that's how he blows up the engine. There we go. And she gets coughed out of, of the cab of, 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 of the truck, and it stops. And then he essentially fucks the truck to death. I gotcha. I gotcha, And then he Bill. comes over and kisses Charlene so, Theron. So I've been trying very hard not to learn anything about this movie, because I know that if I'm not careful, this movie will destroy me. This yeah! Movie will my heart. I'm trying really hard not to be too excited about it. But Charlie's Theron and Tom Hardy, I think that is number one and number two on my, on my, on my wife slamming it. Yeah. So I... Serious smell and salts. So if it was Tom Hardy fighting, who else would it be in a perfect world? Because it was supposedly like Charlie the- Theron is the leader of the Five Wives. Like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like a gang of. You chicks. know what else is gonna be great? Who about should this? be other the chicks? Tom Hardy and and Charlie Theron are also two hilarious interview subjects, and in that they will say uncomfortably they really intensely. Yeah. Exactly, they do not give a fuck. I cannot wait to see the media things around this movie because they're just two big old weirdo assholes. I'm up, my head hurts all of a sudden. <laughs> it's going to be magical. It's going to be so Mr. magical. Mr. F. Mr. F. Oh okay. my god. All right, so, okay, so who else? If you had to cast the other five sisters, who would you choose? Would it be uh, Velma? Wait, who's from Casino Royale? Eva Green? Yeah, Eva Green. Do we just want to cast our wank bank, Phil? Yeah! Cause it's fine. Just, it's going to be Eva Green. It's going to be Rachel Weiss. It's going to be um, what's her butt who says I hate this lesbian bias and I'm not going to and fuck you. I'm too good to be in the female expendable movies. What's her name? Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, uh, that's only th- that's only four of five. Who's the fifth? Who do you slot uh, in there? No, what's to her butt fight from Tom Hardy? What's her butt from uh, another hilarious interview subject? Uh, what's her butt from Hunger Games? 
What's her oh, name? Oh, really? Katniss Everdeen? Yeah. Oh. Have you ever read any interviews with her? Is she cute? She's a batshit weirdo. She's actually up there with Charlize Theron and just saying uncomfortably honest things. So your so your ultimate fantasy is you hope that movie ends with his like big desert gangbang. No, I just want it to be. How does it end with Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron and finding Charlize Theron? Charlize or Tom Hardy doesn't actually have to have sex for it to be sexy. That's Tom Hardy. No, he's the magic of Tom Hardy. He can just like slap his Tom penis Hardy off the forehead. Tom Hardy is a beautiful goofball. So is Charlize Theron. That's why it's gonna be perfect. <laughs> They're also both really good actors who are really good at committing themselves oh. fully to dumb. Roles. Halfway through the movie, Edris Elba shows up and says, "Are you a robot? You want to have sex? Let's go." <laughs> To Tom Hardy or Charlize Theron. I'm fine with that. So, moving on. Blu-ray versions of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, and Brother Bear were announced this week. Roger Rabbit will be a 25th anniversary special edition. The Disney Fix will be relatively cheapy releases bundled with their direct-to-video sequels. This is the first time Disney's putting out uh, any of its animated movies on Blu-ray without it being a big special... Hmm. Like it really I was is... gonna say, Brother Bear. I'm yeah. Like, well, was... these are Disney's B movie. Th- these are the B sides of their yeah. classic of their recent golden era. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that it doesn't seem like they're producing any new special features. It seems like it's just upraised versions of the DVD special features with a like a free copy of yeah their direct video sequels, which is kind of a bummer. Aww. Which I didn't realize there were direct video sequels to yep. Hunchback of Notre Dame or Mulan. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Hunchback on Blu-ray. I'll have to buy that to make Dylan feel better. Um, spoilers. Uh, I'll have to buy her PlayStation 3 so she can watch A Hunchback of Notre Dame. that journey. All these other things she won't say. Yeah! There we go, Bill. But Hunchback of Notre Dame is a good movie. It actually, it's a, it's a, it's a solid one. It, it honestly, for me, it's it, a pretty animation. It's Phoebus played oh, by Kevin uh, Klein. HD Phoebus, yeah. That's what it's all about for me. That he is one of the best uh, Disney he characters is my ever. Favorite. I love Kevin Klein. Did you see like Disney's supposed to be having like it's Skylanders, but with Disney and Pixar characters? Did you not put that on the? News? I forgot to put that on here, but I like the. Yeah, Disney. What I is thought it this called? was got a couple Infinite? weeks ago. Yeah, Disney Infinite. Uh, it sounds like you can buy Disney. It's going to be toys that come packaged with a video game where. Like the characters jump into the video game by, you know, it's just the Skylanders thing where uh, you buy a toy and it comes with a little microchip built into it, and you put it on a stand that interacts with a video game console where data from that toy gets sent to the video game console, and that's a new character that you can play as within the game. And it's gonna be all the Pixar and Disney canon. That sounds awesome. It's gonna be actually. like Kingdom Hearts, only genuinely just Western. Yeah, which thank God, because I'm sure that <laughs> the games are gonna be at least better written now. But yeah, mm. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, Disney. THQ filed for bankruptcy and announced it's being propped up by an investment company called Annie, Clear Lake. It's not pronounced THQ. It's called Thick. <laughs> that's how, that's my nickname for Tom Hardy. <laughs> it seems that Clear oh, Lake no. is pumping money into THQ long enough to see how the South Park game sells and may swoop in and start buying parts of the company if the game does well or cut its losses and walk away if South Park bombs. Did you do any research into this? Why? This isn't what's happening. That's what uh, uh, Penny Arcade report reported this morning. No, but did you read the whole thing? Did you read then the comments about the person who actually knows about bankruptcy proceedings? What happened? So, no, it's basically... You explain it to me then. Spoilers, people don't know THQ is the publisher... Of Saints Row. So the Row. only reason why Bill and I care is these guys published Saints Row the Third, yeah. and Saints Row the Third was such an amazing game. Though it's the rumor that was floating around earlier this week was that Ubisoft was going to buy THQ, which would have been hilarious because what's his butt left Ubisoft and the Assassin's Creed franchise to make his own game company still or this now, own game you in think development? He's regretting that a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, so yeah, it's interesting. So they're basically 
what happened? It sounds like that Clear Lake was going to be was going to Clear buy... Lake is an investment firm, which is, yeah. looks like it's throwing money at uh, THQ to keep it from going. It under. looks like what happened was that they've been because ever since what's his name Jason Rubin came on THQ last year, he's like we're looking for investment because we we're not sustainable the way that we are. Yeah, and it's pretty clear that Clear Lake has been like they've been working on this for a long time. That Clear Lake is going to become the majority stakeholder in THQ. Yeah, but their hand was kind of forced by. Um, they're loan defaulting from Wells Fargo. So it looks like Clear Lake has been, like, probably been, like, working on this for a while. They're just going to become the majority shareholder yeah. in THQ. So, but they're 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 keeping day-to-day operations going. Sounds like there's a slow a takeover. It's not just an abrupt buyout or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And, but there is, there's always a chance that someone could come in and offer more money. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what Penny but, Report was saying this morning. But yeah. it's unlikely. You know, because well, that's what I'm saying. Prop- THQ, THQ is not selling off their properties piecemeal. That's what I'm saying. But that, that's what I was saying in my in in my thing is that Clear Lake is essentially propping up THQ long enough until their next batch of games can come out, and they'll see how well the the games do. Well, any investment company, they're going to try and invest. They're going to invest buy when it's low and sell it when it's hot. They're going to turn around and sell. Yeah, it exactly. As soon so as so their if, shares. So it sounds like if TH, it sounds like if South Park and. What, what the Saints Row the fourth, but that's not um, going to come out for a while. Metro, Saints well, it's coming out next year. But uh, uh, the new Metro game, I think Metro and South Park are the two games that are supposed to come out within the next couple months. Yeah, and it sounds like whatever Clear Lake decides to do with the company will depend on how well those two games. THQ so. delayed another game, didn't? Know. But Saints Row four, no one knows that they, that may not be until next Christmas yeah. if, it, if it ever comes out at all. Man, Saints Row. It's funny that you and I will genuinely not care about this news. Yeah, Saints Row. If Saints Row the but third. Saints Row. Saints Row the Third was almost our game of the year for 2012. Like I said, that's our that's Saints Row. 3. Maybe our game of the decade. A used copy of Saints Row Three <laughs> is our game of the a secret uh, game of the year for 2012. Yeah. Um, it's official. Uh, you won't have Damon Lindelof to. Oh shit! I press the button. Sorry, buddy. Damon Lindelof. We won't have Damon Lindelof to kick around anymore when or if the sequels to Prometheus gets made. He is no longer involved. In he officially came out and said, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> don't, don't blame You him. guys have kicked me around, too. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy because he really did get squeezed between the fans and, and Ridley Scott yeah. for how bad Prometheus was. And uh, Although he did contribute some bad writing to that movie, but yeah, whatever. He's worried he's making a movie with Brad Bird, so... Yeah. yeah, whatever. God bless. He's just not allowed to have any cliffhanger endings or anything in that movie. He's got. To, I'd love to see what uh, Damon Lindelof writes when he's just writing a story. Yeah, where it's a not a mystery. Story. Yeah, and I think that's a real test for him. I think that's he could really bounce back. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah, that poor son of a bitch. He seems like a real sweetheart guy. Oh man! So speaking of Leslie Levings, uh, she. Uh, her company, the place she works at, we're having a Christmas her party. Personally, com- her personal company, Bad Robot. But yeah, by virtue of the fact she works at Bad Robot, her report, her Facebook report from the from the Bad Robot uh, company Christmas party was fantastic. Where she said it was like it was Joss Whedon and Brad Bird and all these other guys hanging out at, at Bad Robot. And she said she when she was waiting in line for the bathroom, she got to overhear Joss Whedon explaining the plot of Avengers two to uh, was it Carl Urban? Oh, yeah? Yeah, so... Awesome. She's like, ah, that's a hell of a Christmas party. She didn't say what the plot of Avengers 2 is. Carl Urban. What's wrong? I love Carl Urban after uh, Judge Dredd. I went from... I, I still haven't fine, seen that. But he I was, love him so much in Judge he Dredd. Was, you saw Star Trek, right? Because he yeah, plays he was good. he was great in Star Trek. He's done a, he's, he was also in Ghost Ship. He was also in Xena. <laughs> he just showed up in an episode of Xena. <laughs> I Carl Urban is one of the hardest men working guys in Hollywood. I love that guy. <laughs> Willing to do anything, like well, whatever. He loves but he's not indiscriminate. Yeah, that's why I love him because he 
Judge Dredd, did you see the picture of him with the little, like, boy who's, like, maybe five years old who's in the perfect Judge Dredd no. cosplay? Making the Judge Dredd face. And it's just Carl Urban standing next to him also making the Judge Dredd face. It is Aww. my favorite picture on the internet this year. You know what? Did you ever see him and his dad? What, uh, Carl Urbane? He's very distinguished. He's got a pipe. <laughs> Amnesia Fortnite Kickstarter just ended. We just talked about that. The Hamlet Kickstarter ended. I feel bad. I never donated to I it. I had no idea. I completely forgot about it. So there was a Choose it. Your Own Adventure Hamlet book that was written by Ryan Q. North, the creator of Dinosaur Comics and the writer of the Adventure Time comics. Yeah, I went to go donate the day before yesterday. a shit ton of amazing web artists. Yeah. It'll be for sale. Like normal. Sale. Oh, that's nice. Well, but this... what's sad is that he made it. He made another as because he made so much money. He did another book that was about Yorick. That's a prequel. It's a choose your own adventure about Yorick. That's exclusive to the Kickstarter. Oh, shit. That See, I, that's, I'm that's... sad that I missed. The I mean, Yorick I'm stone broke now. that Christmas is over. Um, but yeah, that would have been man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I seriously, it was like yesterday, I went to go, I was like, okay, today, well, there's a couple Kickstarters ending within the last uh, day or two. There yeah, was what that is one. Acme poster? What is uh, there was this guy who created a poster, it's this, it's exact same size and dimension as my Legend of Zelda map poster. Mm -hmm. It's uh, two by three feet, uh, it's just, on, on a, a field of red, it's just a black, white, and red illustrations of every object the Wile E. Coyote has ever bought from the Acme company oh, throughout really? the course of the uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. And it's not drawn, like, cartoon style, it's just realistic. It's, it's the like illustrations. You no, know, yeah. the illustrations are almost like an old, like, uh, Sears and Robot catalog from, like, 1912. Oh, seriously? Kind of, like, black and white style, like... Rocket-powered unicycle, a bat suit, all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, it doesn't infringe on Warner Brothers copyright just because it's just an image of a whole bunch of stuff. I think it says Acme in the middle. Uh, but uh, that poster, I think actually that Kickstarter ends today. And that's like a $30 poster. And uh, but that seems really cool. That uh, seems fantastic. What's the other that's Kickstarter? That's awesome. That was it. Oh, I thought there was a third one that was in. Well, Emmy Fortnite, so. but we talked about that's that. That's what I... Well, that's a humble bundle, too. A not necessarily a Kickstarter. Though you're right, Kickstarter, Bill. Oh, Wait, fuck I? me up with the notes, Oh, my Bill. God. But yeah, those are the three people begging for money on Kickstarter this week that... <laughs> Man, uh, that's all wrapped up. Uh, Brian Singer is bringing back the Twilight Zone for CBS. Is Brian Singer just wandering around Hollywood saying, "What old TV shows you want me to remember?" I don't know. No one let me make another Monsters? Batman. No. Oh wait, no, 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 no! Brian Singer. I thought I Brian Singer that. had directed because Brian Fuller made the monsters. That's but right. Did Brian Singer directed. Wait a minute, Brian Singer. Brian Singer gave back. Isn't Brian Singer making that terrible Jack the Giant Slayer movie? Oh yeah, that's what I'm, maybe it's not. Maybe maybe he already he's gotten his losses. Did he's you see like, the trailer for that? It looks terrible. Yeah. Who? Why? Okay, um, Ian McKellen or not Ian, Ian McGregor looks amazing in it. I would bang the fuck out of Ian McGregor in that movie. But it, why would you cast that guy as Jack? Ian McGregor. Why would you hang your whole movie's hat? Who's Jack? It's this. It's this guy who he was like in. Uh, I can't remember, but he's like this wee, Weasley looking little dude. I would not go see a movie about that guy. Yeah. He's a character actor. You yeah. Movie on this guy. I guess the spring is going to be. It's weird that like in the wake of Alice, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, that like. The big CGI fairy tale movie uh, movement is a big thing because this spring now you have the Wizard of Oz movie. And Hansel and Gretel. Hansel Beach and Gretel. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, that's coming out. I want to see the hell out of that. And you've got uh, Jack and the Meanstock. Did you see Did you see the poster for uh, the Wizard of Oz? The Wicked Witch poster that came out where it's, no. it's sexy Wicked Witch, but it's Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Her face is kind of covered, but you yeah. can still tell it's Rachel Weisz with prosthetic. Oh, yeah. It is. It pulls my dick apart in three different directions. Because <laughs> it's Rachel Weisz being all sexy on a movie poster, which is rare for like a 40-year-old yeah. woman in Hollywood. Well, it's also rare for Rachel Weisz. She hasn't really but she's that. also dressed like the Wicked Witch, and she's got prosthetics on it. So it's kind of like, I'm like, I don't know how to feel. 
feel about that? <laughs> like, all you know is your dick is hard. Well, especially because I, I love the actress who played the original Wicked Witch of the West yeah. in the original movie because she She's was awesome. she was this lady with like kind of an older woman with a big beaky nose. Yeah. And I've read books about the making of the of of the original Wizard of Oz, and she had absolutely no illusions about. She's like, I'm an ugly woman in Hollywood. My only jobs I can really get are playing either school moms or witches. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I that's as long as I can make my contribution to these movies and some and as long as I can bring these characters to to life in a way that will be memorable to people, yeah. I will have done my job. Yeah. Super fucking humble. Yeah. Like she would tell jokes in interviews and stuff. She she seemed like one of those people like if we were working in Hollywood. Yeah. We would want to hang out at Margaret, Margaret Hamilton's house. We'd yeah. want to have, go to her Christmas party. It seems like she'd be the lady to hang out with. And so, but like, she's a great person. Not as the most attractive. But then you got Rachel Weisz Rachel dressed like a sexy version of her. And I'm like, it's like it's like, it's like if your hottest girlfriend had tried to dress, dress up like your ugly aunt, but did it sexy. You're like, I'm just... <laughs> I still mom. I think it's hard, but I'm confused. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's it's like if you, it's 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 like the world's sexiest woman dressed up like Barney from The no, Simpsons. Bill. I was gonna say, <laughs> I don't know how any entity of Barney is unattractive. Barney the dinosaur. Barney Rubble. Barney the Simpsons. There's no sexy Barney. Wait, no, no, no. Is it what's his butt on How I Met Your Mother? Isn't his character's name Barney? Is he the one? Is sexy he sexy? Barney? I have no idea. Did you see that show just got renewed for another season? So it'll have been it? nine years of them. Really? Yeah, and they still have not revealed who the mother is. Man. And for the last couple of years, I've been people people complaining about how okay, like because they've stretched out the show for as long as they could. Because yeah. like, there's been all ups and downs about who's going to be dating who and all kinds of stuff and. Yeah. There's only so many permutations there. Everyone is kind of expecting it to end this year, and now it's going on for another year. It's that, like, Jesus. You know what? That that may mark how long it's been since I really watched television. Why? Did you just... Because that movie, that show came on right when I stopped watching television. And it's weird to think that that's been on About a part of a decade years. ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This will be nine years. HBO has licensed Game of Thrones beers, with Iron Thrones Blondale being made available in time for the season three premiere on March 31st, and more flavors to follow. This is how I know you're not an alcohol drinker. Who did they license it to? Like Budweiser or an actual... uh, somebody in Cooperstown? No, it's 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 a small draft. I could even look it up actually. An actual reputable beer. I like you look up that, but you don't look up the sexy Rachel Weisz picture to show me. What kind of friend are you? A terrible friend. Google it now. You've got to see. No, I have the notes up. I'm doing the Geek Quick interview. My touch well, takes way too long to go from one to the other. Oh, man. Where's my... Oh, man. In a brilliant stroke of marketing, fake Arrested Development shows are up on Netflix, including Girls with Low Self-Esteem and Les Cousins Danger. Uh, the brewery making the Game of Thrones beers is O-M-M-E-G-E-G-A-N-G, which looks like Oh My Gang. Oh My Gang. Oh My Gang in Cooperstown, New York. What you're saying? Uh, Arrested Development. All the fake Arrested Development shows are on Netflix, which is brilliant. I think when you try to, it, I think it's only on like you, the descriptions are in there. If you search for them on Netflix, no instance, it's not, yeah, they're but, not like, that's actually great there. advertising for the show. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. They dare I Google image search sexy Rachel Woods. <laughs> I see. think you dare. Most importantly of all, Lego is going to produce a Back to the Future Lego set. This is a magical thing. Bill, you have no commentary on that? You're too busy furtively Googling. Googling, going, go, 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 go. I, I can't even speak straight. I'm done with the Geek Week interview, so now I can... We, have, we have Christmas commentary while you from fur- people. While you furtively look, Google that, I will get to all of your, all our sweet listeners 
who sent their comments. I'm going to take a moment and say, I know I've said this past, but it was merits repeating. I'm very, very grateful this lovely holiday season for all of you, dear listeners. Some of you have become very important to me. Your guys' love is our best gift. And it is so appreciated, your love and support. Um, We will get to y'all's Christmas thoughts and feelings. Let us see. Um, uh, Beloved, and I apologize if I misspell your name. I've been looking at it long enough. I don't know how to say it. Mirabai? Beloved Mirabai says, Someone from the internet is trolling the Denver airport and sent us a picture of a paging of someone being paged. Ermagerd. Oh, I saw that. That was awesome. I did actually meet a woman named Ermagerd the other day. By the way, and actually, it was her actual was God-given like name. Card? She was like seventy-two years old. I felt like a jackass and also delighted. That's Rachel Weiss as the wig, sexy with her tits hanging out. She just has boobs, and that's. But like, she's all like got a tight corset it and everything. Man like that. with the nose and the chin. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how to feel about that. Like <laughs> my my penis goes this way, my left <laughs> testicle goes that way, and my other like they don't know what to do. Oh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Uh, spoilers for people who don't know, we at the Boy Howdy Podcast appreciate Rachel Weiss being on this earth. <laughs> this is ultimately the Rachel Weiss appreciation too. Mostly because she has flabby human butt. <laughs> yeah, that's really her. Yeah. also says, every year we watch A Child's Christmas in Wales, even though we're Norwegian, not Welsh. But who is that? Um, that was Mirabai Knight. Oh, she, okay. That is also a beloved friend of the podcast. Jolene Conus's favorite Christmas thing is a children's Christmas. Isn't that written by Stephen King? No, isn't it written by, like, Dylan Thomas? Yeah, that's what... Oh, Dylan's namesake. That's what yeah. she was named after. Anyway, she said... She continued to say, Our traditions are Norwegian. Dancing around the Christmas tree with candy baskets on it. What? Crown roast orange soda. <gasps> crown roast sounds good. Oh, they were selling a crown roast at, at the store yesterday. I was yeah. like, what the hell is that? Because I've seen that before, but I didn't realize that was something... Like, I thought you had to build that at home. And it really is just like... like It's almost like a bunch of ribs that they just kind of, like, tie together so it becomes a big circle of ribs, like a big crown of mm-hmm. meat. Oh, I've seen that. That before. is I never great. Knew what it was. Oh, uh, so that's like Christmas. a real Flintstones meal, right there. Well, originally I was going to make a little turkey for Christmas Eve dinner because my my thing is what I like to do for Christmas Eve is make a turkey and watch It's a Wonderful Life as it airs on TV here in America. Uh, but uh, Josh and Bahara are having family over, so we're going to have a big uh, Christmas thing here. That's not going to be that. But for Christmas Day, I'm going to make Yorkshire pudding, which is just which I thought was going to be more complicated. All it is is a big roast. That you make just like, uh, you, you take some of the fat from the roast and put it in some, uh, essentially bread batter. Make little, mm-hmm. little, uh, essentially like little, uh, rolls. Mm-hmm. And that's, I thought there was going to be something more pudding-y to the pudding. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. But the fact that you put the fat in the, in the, in the little dinner rolls that you bake, that sounds good. So I'm going to report back about that next week about how the Yorkshire pudding turns out. She also goes on to say that is for Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is for sleeping in, eating cold cuts, yeah. and playing with all your presents. True dad. Yeah, I'm always surprised with, with, with the, for the people where Christmas Eve is the big party time. Because, like, growing Christmas up as a kid... Christmas Eve is just me losing my shit over what could be. <laughs> That's all it is. Adrian Wallace says the best holiday TV or movie is still Santa Claus Conquers the Martians on Mr. Science Theater. Yeah. Watch it every year, and it's still funny. Best holiday food is trifle. Make sure your recipe what? calls for a lot of cake, fruits, and alcohol. I've actually never had a trifle. Is that, like, a nut, a, fr- a fruit cake? think so trifle google it my friend no i'm afraid of what that's gonna look like <laughs> uh for christmas i want the power to uh, over who lives and who dies for a minute there i misread tr- uh, trifle as tripe i was like that's gross you, might be tripe and trifle. you deserve better that does not sound good because if you're trifling mirabai and i continue to say also first course is cloud berries and whipped cream Person whose dish has the almond hidden in it wins a marzipan pig. Who is this? this? Alternate universe. Who is this? The one I live in. This is beloved listener, um, Mir- Mirabai Knight, Stereo Knight. 
This is this is still Norway. She's Norwegian and in, inherited. In what that? Wait, read that sentence back again, because that sounds like a fantasy land. First, Corey says, "Are we going to eat and hook?" <laughs> <laughs> we have another feast. First course is cloudberries and whipped cream. Cloudberries, okay. The person whose dish has the almond hidden in it wins a marzipan pig. You know what makes more sense is a fat man coming down your chimney riding magical reindeer. She also mentioned the song "The Christmas Mouth is Mouse." <laughs> It is a song about a grandma mouse in a rocking chair made from a potato who tells her kids how to avoid cats and mouse traps. The Christmas bit what is when they the... sniff the tin foil from a chocolate bar wrapper and then all dance around the potato. Bill, please let that be our outro Andy, music. By virtue of reading that out loud, you're now eligible for the NRA's mental illness <laughs> registry. That just that is just I don't even know what you just said. There was a bunch of stuff about something about an old lady potato and, and Christmas wrapping. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, did you see the thing on Twitter where people were misspelling wrapping? And so everyone was talking about how much they love to rape Christmas presents? Yes. <laughs> Beloved listener Sid says, The Sale of Music is my Christmas movie. It airs every year on the CBC and I watch it with my grandmother. The hell is the sound of Christmas? The Sound of Music. Oh, is why Christmas is the Sound of Christmas movie. of Christmas? Bill, do you want to let me finish reading? I'm these? so angry. <laughs> so bad. Christmas Nazis. What? <laughs> Being sleepy from eating too much good food. Honey baked ham. Yeah. Uh, plus, getting to see Julie Andrews sing makes for one of my favorite Christmas traditions. And of course, Charlie Brown Christmas. Also, my family opens presents on Christmas Eve because we all want our presents as soon as possible because presents. Actually, I'm impoverished on Christmas morning. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Christmas morning. I mean, because the whole thing is you do it. It's a ritual. There's nothing left on Christmas. Uh, so, but no, this is a good point. So sound, you say, sound of Christmas, or sound of music isn't a Christmas movie, but a few of my favorite things did become a Christmas song at some point. I guess, you know what, though? We can, we can, well, you stuff can make the you argument. stuff you as a present. Exactly. You can make the argument that uh, a few of my favorite things is our perfect Christmas song because it's all about fucking shit that I want. <laughs> you know? Yeah! And rather than being a song of, of soothing yourself with thoughts of things that you love, it's instead soothing yourself with thoughts of things that you want for Christmas. Merry Christmas, indeed. What else? What else? That is it. Friends? No, I have nothing. Well, I thought there was... I thought Were we there had... emails? We had tweets. We had tweets. Those were all the tweets. I just read them to you. Oh, cold cuts. Wait, what? Uh, nothing. I thought we had mush, 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 mush. Shmish, this is my favorite part of the podcast where I say we're done and Bill insists we're not. So we have this really compelling 10 to 15 seconds. No, this part Christmas time is here. Na, 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 na. So what's your favorite? Uh, oh, we already talked about what favorite song. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where Bill forgets the questions <laughs> he's asked me. And the answer. Oh, but here's him. the thing: unwrapping Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, yay or nay? No, you do it Christmas morning. I don't understand. I never First heard thing. about this until I moved to the West Coast. What do you do on Christmas Day if not open presents? What? Yeah. Well, what is this? My tradition in my family. Oh shit! I actually have to go get pajamas. Yeah. My cr- tradition in, in Christmas on Christmas is Christmas Eve. You open one present, and it's always See, Christmas my, we pajamas. We never even did that. Yeah. It's only because it's Christmas pajamas. Like when I was, it was way back when I was a little kid. We'd get like the Una pajama yeah. with like footies and everything, and every year get Christmas pajamas. You would sleep in them Christmas night, and then Christmas morning. See, that sounds fantastic. You go and you unwrap presents. I want to start a new tradition this year with my wife because we failed to send Christmas cards. So this year Christmas morning we're not going to be able to do presents unwrapping. I always wake up at five a.m. because I'm fucking excited about my fucking presents because I'm a monster and a child. And I know this, bu- this podcast is bookended by you saying that. <laughs> I, am a, I am a 
grotesque monster. There are so many more important things. In the Here, I'm going to tell this story. I'm this a is monster. Gonna, this is going to highlight my terribleness. I am still ashamed of this. And this is me confessing to you, the Boy Hattie listeners. This is the car keys. One Christmas. What? That's the punchline of the whole story, Bill. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You don't know what the story is. You don't have the context. I had two presents under the tree. I felt, I was so mad. I was super butthurt. One was like a DVD that I didn't even want. And the other one. Do you remember what it is? It was the Sandlot. It was the Sandlot. Everyone thinks I love the Sandlot. I like the Sandlot fine. Everyone thinks I love the Sandlot because I would always quote, forever, forever. Ever, which is this whole thing in the Sandlot. My family's convinced that I love the Sandlot. That it was my Sandlot favorite movie. Sandlot is the shit. It's an okay movie. That was my only. So here I am with two presents under the tree. I open one of them. It's a Sandlot. Which comes. What's even worse is it's a two DVD bundle with the Sandlot sequel, <laughs> the direct DVD sequel. And they're like, and I am an asshole. I am a monster. My face fell. I'm like. I'm making the face of, really? I'm a terrible person! I'm like, this is one of my two presents. This is all I get this year. Fucking Sandlot. Like, we thought you really liked that movie. I'm like, oh yeah. And I've realized too late, I'm a monster. And I'm like, thank you for getting me the Sandlot. It's really great. (laughs) I'm an asshole! I just mope the rest of the time. And my mom's like, okay. How old were you? I was old enough to drive a car! (laughs) Because if you're nine, that's a joke. A self-aware, like, young adult at this point. And so, because we, we go through very deliberately and everyone takes turns opening presents. Since I only had two, they saved my second present for last. It was keys to a car. My parents had bought me this. It was a used car, but it was still my car. They bought me a car. I am a jerk. I am the biggest asshole in the universe. We still pouty afterwards a little bit? No, like, I got a fucking car. Okay. But that's... I, I feel so terrible. What actually happened to that Sandlot DVD? Because I feel bad. I feel worse for the Sandlot DVD <laughs> than I feel for any of the people who actually. I ran it over with my car. <laughs> oh. oh my god, you're terrible. I'm an awful human. And so imagine I'm an asshole, and then there's my poor wife who has no history of being presents, doesn't like surprises, doesn't really like. So she, like, the last five years of our relationship, sends up panic attacks every Christmas or birthday. Because she's like, what do you want? Some people in the world The are- worst thing, I hate telling people what to get me, because then I know! And what's the fun of that? And bless her heart, this year she came up with an amazing idea. She came up with a life achievement plaque. But she got so excited, she gave it to me a month ago. See, you guys are terrible so about that. So she's been having a minor, low-level panic attack all month. She's like, I don't know what to get you. That was my A game. <laughs> and I'm and I'm just trying to be cool. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I don't. You got me an amazing present. It's fine. And in my head, I'm like, Shh, I want more presents. What's wrong with you? I always want more presents. I like because it's not even really about the presents. Is what's the presents are as much as just the sheer amount. Unless of volume. you give me the sound line, in which case, fuck it, fuck it. Oh man, see, as a kid, like my like, despite my 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 family wasn't super rich uh, when I was yeah. a kid, they did a good job of like sheer volume of presents was pretty amazing. Yeah, and like I my usually I usually got what either. I wanted to. Yeah. Like if if I wanted a Nintendo game, I usually got it. Maybe I didn't get a shitload of Nintendo games, but like at least you know I would have a stocking filled with like fruit and like little toys. But like my parents always got me sketchbooks and pens and yeah. stuff as a kid. That, that that was that's how they always filled my stocking as a kid. Yeah. And yeah, I would always come down for for Christmas, and there would be like a little mini sea of presents. Yeah, 
you know, half of the stuff was like my parents like gifts for each other, but it was little sure. small things. But, but it was still, still even then, you know, yeah, presents are the shit. Someone needs to do Christmas special that is about the awesomeness of presents because <laughs> there's so you know because the the stock the stock Christmas special thing is it's not about Santa or Christmas or anything like that. It's about Christ or it's about the spirit of giving. No, Someone's got to do one about, that's about like it's about fucking it's presents. About, like getting up at four thirty in the morning. Yeah. In your Christmas pajamas, going over the Christmas tree, carefully find, identifying all the packages that are for you, picking them up, gently shaking them. Yeah, that's what that's I with, 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 with my family being in Missouri. I totally miss that kind of like family Christmas of like yeah. a whole bunch of people, different gifts under the tree. Yeah. Everyone figuring out, figuring out whose is what and like yeah. the size and shape of gifts and stuff like yeah. that. I'm actually really excited that. because next Christmas my parents are actually talking about flying out here. Oh, really? Aww. And spending Christmas. Oh, that's right. You can put house. them up because you have the house. Yeah. Which would be yeah. magical. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good. Not that Christmas with my wife and my friends is, is amazing. No, here. but it's nice to have you a family Christmas. Yeah. It'll be cool. Oh, man, Christmas. So anyway, I got to like, go buy, as soon as we finish recording this, I got to go buy some Christmas pajamas. Yeah. Where are you going to go to? Go to Freddy's? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But man, no, yeah, Christmas would not be as big of a thing as it is now if it weren't for presents. Okay. That's the also, unspoken it thing. It props Christmas. up our goddamn economy. Yeah. <laughs> this is one time of year where everybody just fucking goes batshit. Well, that's the funny thing watching these Rankin Bass specials. Debt. Like, especially any any of the specials that threaten, like, Santa won't be able to deliver presents. It's because it's the presents. Yeah. Like, the, like there's usually something at the end of the war. It's about the spirit of giving. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's about, oh shit, I'm gonna get some free shit. Yep. Yeah. If that's too difficult, just send cash. Man, you know what you, you want to drive people crazy is, like, if you give... Man, I would if I ever, ever have kids, man, like Taryn, our friend Taryn of the podcast, for Christmas, I should always... I, would, I should vow that, like, I'm going to give them, like, the stupid Christmas gifts that are the toys that you see the toy makers in, like... <laughs> Here's one a thing that is interesting. In it's elf. never like a PlayStation. Well, one thing that's interesting in Elf is that they're actually it's still in Elves Elves assembly lines, and they're not making toys to put in packaging. They're making them to put in boxes. Yeah, but it's like Barbies and Etch a Sketch. It's like actual stuff. like actual stuff that people actually get for yeah. Christmas, especially for kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking. Man, Christmas is the best. I love Christmas. Christmas. Man, it's Christmas. Got my Swiss colony. Got my Legos. I'm all set for Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. And then afterwards, we go see Django and Chain. Django and Chain. That's right. Wrap Merry it all up. Merry Christmas to us all. The first post Sally Mankey Tarantino movie, man. I'm thinking about it. It's going to be interesting. Uh, for Christmas, I made this joke, but I was going to have Ernest Borgnine deliver Twinkies to Nintendo Power. Thanks, Obama. It's funny because uh, Ernest Borgnine died this summer. Twinkies went out of business. Oh, and Nintendo Power is gone. And you blamed Barack Obama because it's a funny thing. It's hilarious. Okay. With that, friends, (laughs) with that dumb labor joke, we. I hate your face. From the Boy Howdy podcast to you, the Boy Howdy Nation, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever y'all do, do it and think of us. Reaching out through your your speakers and giving you a warm hug. When I jerk off my skeleton, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will think of you. I'll, I'll put a name tag on it. This is Mrs. Claus. <laughs> but really, know that Mrs. Claus is subtext for you, the boy Heidi. Do you nation. think Mrs. Claus is real? Do you think she died like in 1902 and he just lives with her corpse and that's why no one gets to talk to her? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Like, who's gonna, like, speak out against Santa? You're up in the North Pole, like, oh, the recriminations are terrible. It's like Psycho.
What if Santa is Mrs. Claus? He dresses up like he's, he's Santa like, when he's actually out delivering, but when he comes home, he's he's Mrs. Claus. Hello there! Oh, are you proposing a Mrs. Doubtfire like <laughs> No, what's what's the rest of development thing, Mrs. Doubtfire? That's what I'm but it's Santa. That's the secret origin of Santa she, story I what, want. Is she like Mrs. Butterworth? Yeah, something like that. All I know is she jumps from a balcony onto it onto a bunch of furniture and almost kills herself. <laughs> What are we going to sing? We need a song. To, uh, what's a song to sing out on? Christmas time is here. We used that song last year. What's a, what's a rap out? With, with, no. A Christmas and Hollis. You don't know that song? Okay. Merry Christmas, guys.